Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Toy Drive Live as we broadcast for 24 straight hours and make one final push for the 14th annual Fan Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Go to 1250amthefan.com now and click on the Toy Drive link to donate money or toys from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Back to your host of this hour, Rami Makloff on The Fan. It is Rami Makloff on the fan for the 14th annual Toy Drive Benefiting Children's Wisconsin presented by Annex Wealth Management virtual this year with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. All you got to do is go to 1250amthefan.com and click the Toy Drive link and let's help the kids this holiday season. I was already excited about doing this Toy Drive shift because I love this Toy Drive and I love any time of the fan in Milwaukee talking to you fan listeners and then I became especially excited when I found out that this first hour will be a reunion with my guy my radio big brother Steve Sparky Pfeiffer of the Wendy's Big Show I know it's the home stretch of a very long day for you Sparky but being reunited with your boy mm. this has got to be a nice little jolt for you this well is, this is a cup of coffee in audio form being reunited with Rami Makhlouf, I would imagine. Right? I, I would just have to say, it does hold a special place in my heart that I get to do a show with a crier during the toy drive again. I am <laughs> very excited uh, that I'm only on for an hour with the crier uh, because at some you know point what? you'll start crying. And the person that you always cried with was Mrs. Kim Worth uh, over at uh, Elmbrook nope. School District. And uh, I will tell you, Ahead of time, she is on the big show tomorrow at 2.35. Thankfully, you won't be co-hosting with me to I cry. I thought you were about to bring her on the air and make me cry. I could I have. Gonna, I was going to I, find I, you and hurt you. I could have, but she deserved more of a primetime location. But uh, <laughs> I, I, no, no shot at you. I'm just saying I didn't want to you know, leave her at 11 o'clock at night because sure. she uh, told me a couple of days ago that they uh, broke their Penny War record that they've done previous this year. 
Uh, and to think that, That's you know, amazing. half of her class is virtual learning. So they're not all actually in the classroom. So that she's only got so many. Then you've got kids going in and out sick and so forth throughout this whole thing. So it's amazing that they were able to break that record. Uh, she went online tonight shopping and uh, we'll unveil really how much it was and how many things she was able to buy from Blaine's Farm and Fleet at 1250 AM, tomorrow again at 235 and another Rami tie-in. Really, you should have just hosted the big show tomorrow and I should have just taken off. Also coming up tomorrow at 245 is Bubba Fight. Uh, Dave will be coming up uh, tomorrow and uh, Dave Cottrell. And uh, that kid, another one that makes you cry. So back to back, you just hit on you just hit on the two main ones. That's that, right, that, and that, they're back that, to that. back, two thirty to three o'clock tomorrow here on the fans. So if you listen closely, you'll hear Rami wow. crying down in Illinois. I, I the one good thing about this, I wish we could be out at Blaine's Farm and Fleet Me in too. Oak Creek for this thing again yep. this year, like we are every year. But one one, I always look for the silver lining, Sparky. You know that about me. The one silver lining is I don't think I'm gonna cry. In the next three hours, as, as much as I love this toy drive and I'm glad I'm doing it and I, I'm glad I can help out with it, not not seeing, not being there with Dawson, a.k.a. Bubba, who beat cancer and literally looked at one of the doctors who saved his life and said in the sweetest, most angel-like voice I've ever heard in my life, said, thank you for saving my life and broke the hearts of everybody who was sitting in that four season that was tough man that afternoon that was tough. Or, see, or seeing miss worth and her class come out and 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 fill boxes with toys from their penny wars that that they put together every year to show you just what good hands were in with, with the next generation of young people in america it, it it being there and witnessing that sparky was what made me cry every year but the best kind of tears possible like just it, 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 I don't know how to put this. It, it refreshes like your hope for humanity. Yes. I think we all could, I, I think we all could I use think... that a little bit, especially right now. So like, we can't be together to do that and to remind each other that, you know, most of us are good and want to help each other. So you can go to 1250 amthefan.com and click on the toy drive link. But that's really what I love about doing this every year. Sparky and why I say it's one of the things I'm most proud of because most days and not to like belittle this, but at best we're a distraction to people right. on a day-to-day basis. You know what I mean? Giving them, giving them an escape when we talk about sports and other things that really don't matter in the real world and in our, in our day-to-day lives, they're distractions, they're entertainment. But when we do this, like we're doing something real and we're doing something awesome and you couldn't have a better cause than children's Wisconsin and, providing toys for those kids, especially right now, this time of year. You know, the other thing, and we, at 6 o'clock, when we started this Toy Drive Live 24-hour event, uh, straight through, no CBS Sports, rated right night, just all local programming, uh, all the way up to 6 p.m. when the Toy Drive officially ends. So we're running out of time. So if you're going to donate, you have to donate now at 1250amthefan.com. And I had Bart and Bill and Gary all with me from 6 to 8 to kick this thing off. Uh, earlier this evening, and we got into talking about how important it was for every one of us and, and that whole deal. And then we got into talking about, you know, those guests and, and those listeners that you meet along the way or whatever. And uh, Bill started reminiscing about, you know, things like that, that, that you miss. And Bart started talking about things that you miss. And for Bart, the, the Franklin Fire Department always comes out during the morning show. Uh, and we were talking about that, and they sent him a text during it, and it's a picture of them standing in front of their fire truck 
holding a check for $2,500 that they're donating towards uh, the toy drive this year. That's so awesome. that's pretty cool. Uh, the Oak Creek Fire Department um, and, and Steve, the fire chief over there, Steve Wilding, who just retired on Halloween uh, from the Oak Creek Fire Department, uh, you know, him and his guys coming over and donating a ton of toys and then setting up food for us on Fridays and then having Rami throw a temper tantrum uh, when I decided to take a lot of food home the one year. I mean, Rami Bakloff was so mad. We talked about that last year at the toy drive. You were selfish. It, it was, was great. I played it perfectly. All week long, you know, people stop by, they drop off food, and we get food from all these different places, Wendy's, Perkins, yep. Chili's, all these places what over the it? course of the week. And people sometimes drop by, they want, you know, their businesses to be tied by. They drop off some pizza, some homemade bakery, whatever. We, we're spoiled. Spoiled, so rotten cool. out there for the yeah. week, right? Totally spoiled. So... Uh, one year I said, well, to heck with all this, like I'm going to let Rami take all this food home to him and his girl and they can eat well Uh, all week, all this food, all this food. You asked me to come and host this show. (laughs) Let me get a word. To be clear, all this food was, hey, you're not this lunch that Chili's dropped off one extra lunch. And if you weren't going to eat it, I would take it home and have it for dinner because we would be out there late. I didn't feel like cooking at the end of the day, but carry on with your story when you say all this food. So all this food. So Gary and Leroy, uh, me, that's fine, whatever, Rami. And Gary and Leroy are like, Sparky, he's single. You know, he's got a house, all exactly. that. All good, right. Okay, fine. So we let you take it home. Got a dog to feed. Right, dog to feed, right. So we get to the last day of the toy drive Friday, and... That's the day I wait for every single week for numerous reasons. One, we always get to talk to Jeff Stewart, uh, who is the COO of Foundations at uh, Children's Wisconsin. And he comes on every year on Friday. So I always look forward to talking to him. That's always a favorite part of the toy drive. Normally, we always have on uh, our guy, David Stearns or Doug Melvin or John McLaughlin. Always have a big name guest on the last day. So I always look forward to that on the last day. Uh, and then I look forward to you know telling everybody how well we did and thanking everybody and culminating another great toy drive and just being so happy. But really, at the end of the day, when, when that fire department showed up and they brought their food and they brought burners and it was like a full-on spread. So when we started this thing, you it was know, like a caterer setup. Correct. Like these, dudes, so, these dudes should have been running a catering business. Well, that's exactly what happened. So yeah. what ended up happening was Steve uh, and his son and the other firefighters would bring over all this food. And I kept telling them, like, dude, you should be like doing something on the side. Like, this is amazing. Well, guess what? They did go into business and they do have their own catering company now in Oak Creek, him and his son. So they ho- they do weddings. Awesome. They do City of Oak Creek events. They, they do all of this stuff now. Now, uh, on the side, I've actually been to a couple of city catered events in Oak Creek, and his food is still on point, let me tell you. So on that Friday, they show up, and they got the meatballs. Oh, the meatballs, Robbie Maclough. Oh, what I wouldn't do to have some of his meatballs right now. I'll tell you what, man. Meatballs and the sauce and the toothpicks and just eat. And uh, Logan, uh, middle child, uh, wanted to come out on Fridays and only Fridays because he wanted the meatballs. That was the only reason he wanted to come hang out in the in the tent area. So that last Friday, I was like, all right, Rami, you've had food all week. I'm taking this. And Rami Makhlouf went berserk. I mean, it's supposed to be a happy toy drive. Everybody getting along. It's been a great week. And Rami lost his mind. Not because of the meatballs. Look, I'm not fat (laughs) Rami anymore, all right? No, you're not. I don't get that mad over food anymore. (laughs) It was the principle behind the thing. It was just a selfish move on your part. You weren't going to eat all those. I know you, and you don't eat leftovers. We did eat all the meatballs. 
You didn't. We did. You did it. Yes. No, you didn't. I had I Logan. I, I had myself. You. We ate them. I, I don't believe you. Promise you, we I ate them. But besides the hat, I, I was convinced I, you were just. I was convinced you were just taking them just to take them. No, witches, no, 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 no. Witches, They're delicious. Witches, There's one other thing on your part. that bro- that uh-huh. got brought up earlier, and I know it's your hour, but you have two hours after this, and I never get to do a show with it's you anymore. Fine. Don't worry about the, it. I got nothing. The other thing, way to have them still tuned in going for. Hey, Robbie, what do you got? Nothing. All right, cool. I'll listen anyhow. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I got plenty. The other thing that I heard you reference earlier when with Tim was on about uh, the fact of, you know, being in a tent and it being cold out. And when Vernier was on you, I know you were listening, him talking about how he would mean mug people that leave the tent open because it would get so cold in there yeah. and so forth. But but see, that that's not necessarily with Rami Makhlouf. Rami Makhlouf would much rather do the toy drive in a cold tent than do Summerfest in 90 degree weather. Like, if there was oh, any sure. choice at all, Robbie's like, sign me up, I'll do toy drive, I'll deal with it, I'll put an extra uh, extra sweater on, whatever, but do not send me somewhere hot in the middle of summer. No, for sure, Sparky, because, and and I've always said this, not just when it comes to remotes, if it's cold out, I can put on enough clothes yep. that I'm warm. If it's warm out, I can't take off enough clothes that I'm not warm anymore, and especially when we're out on remote, nobody wants me stripping down to cool off. So yeah, I would much rather do it. I would much rather do a remote where it's a little bit chilly than where it's too warm. But also, Sparky, by the time I got out there, we had started to sort of step our game up thanks to some of our sponsors. I think I did it in a tent one year, and then after that, we had the Four Seasons sunroom, and then eventually we had two Four Seasons yep. sunroom. And our, we, we stepped our game up a little bit every year, and it was a pretty pretty nice setup as far as... Yeah, you came in at the cushy end the of it. Yeah. I did my last toy drive. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It was, it was really nice by the end. Really nice. While we were roughing so, it out there in those cold tents, Rami was back in the studio getting mad at us, like you heard him complaining to Tim about, for us not paying attention while we were freezing. And then if there was food, hey, Doc, can you bring me some of that back here to the station on your way home? Can you drop it off for me, please? Please? Thanks. Now that was Fat Rami. Yeah, man. That was Fat Rami back in the studio, and he definitely, definitely <laughs> wanted some food. Man, I, I, I miss being out there at Blades Farm and Fleet in Oak Creek, Sparky, but it, you can still help the uh, the kids this year at Children's Wisconsin. At Children's Wisconsin, it's the 14th annual Toy Drive Benefiting Children. It's presented by Annex Wealth Management. It's virtual this year, our 14th year with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Go to 1250amthefan.com and click the Toy Drive link. Let's help the kids this holiday season. You heard Sparky talking about the uh, the firehouse sending in a picture of themselves with a $2,500 check. Fire, Franklin. I know there are some... Thir- Oh, Franklin Fire Department sending, standing there with a $2,500 check. I know there are some third shifters right now listening in the factories, in the offices. Pass a hat around. Make a donation. We'll mention everybody in the office. We'll mention you guys. You can send a picture. You can tweet it. At Rami is tweeting. At 1250 AM, the fan. And let's help out the kids at Children's Wisconsin. Get a shout out here on the uh, Toy Drive Live. Rami Makhlouf with you for the next three hours. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer alongside. A little reunion for this first hour here. And Sparky, you were the one who coined me the the president of the Aaron Rodgers fan club back in the day was what when I was one of the co-hosts no of the question. Big Show. Uh, nobody a bigger fan you? of you. Nobody's a bigger fan I'm, than you. And I, I'm still a big fan of the football player, still a big fan of the dude, but there's there's a certain part of his act that's wearing thin with me, and we're gonna talk about that next right here on the fan. 
You're listening to Toy Drive Live as we broadcast for 24 straight hours and make one final push for the 14th annual Fan Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Go to 1250amthefan.com now and click on the Toy Drive link to donate money or toys from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Back to your host of this hour, Rami Makloff on The Fan. It is Rami Makloff. They called your boy in for a late night shift for the 14th annual Toy Drive benefiting Children's Hospital of Wisconsin presented by Annex Wealth Management virtual this year with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. And I couldn't be more pleased to get called in for this late night shift and help the kids. All you got to do to help the kids is go to 1250amthefan.com and click the Toy Drive link. Let's help the kids this holiday season. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer is alongside me. For hour one of the show, I'll be flying solo for hours two and three. Would love to see your donations if you want to tweet those at 1250 AM, the fan at Rob tweeting. If you're working third shift in the factory or an office that's open late night, go ahead and uh, pass the hat around, get a donation. We'll mention the office, we'll mention the factory and uh, all the and gals on site coming up on the show. At about 12.30, I'm going to be talking to Tyler Moss of uh, MilwaukeeRecord.com, a website I'm a big fan of. And if you're a fan of Milwaukee, you should be a fan nah, of that website nah, because you learn things nah, about your city no, that I, I don't no, think you learn anywhere else. Still Hold bitter. No, I'm still bitter about Milwaukee Record. <laughs> no. Bitter about? You got screwed in that comedy competition that, that you were involved in. We all went to. <laughs> nah. Uh-uh. I, I, no. I don't even think that was mm. put on by Milwaukee right Yeah, well, one was of them was a judge. No, uh, there was oh, a, judge. Was a judge. Yeah. No. I may, you I, got hosed that night. I, I remember. Screwed. I'm not I'm not going to lie, but I still love Tyler. I still love the Milwaukee record. I'm, he has they, some ideas on yeah. why Giannis might stay, why Giannis might they go. They owe you and an apology. Talk about, and we're just going to talk about Milwaukee because nobody knows it like Tyler and uh, what it's going to be like when uh, we can all go out again and where you should be going and all the many, many places. I want an apology, an official been. apology. What time is this at? He's coming up at 1230. So oh, I won't be here. <laughs> no, you won't. I might <laughs> no, just stick around just to grill him. I might. I might just stick hey, around. Aaron Ross, I, Sparky, I'm a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. And again, go to 1250amthefan.com, click on the Toy Drive link, and help the kids out. Do yourselves again. We can't be out there with you at Blaine's Farm and Fleet in Oak Creek, but we need your help helping the kids. And you guys outdo yourselves every year. Do it again, 1250amthefan.com. You know, I'm, I like, and full disclosure, if you're new to Rami Makloff, I'm a Bears fan, but I appreciate Aaron Rodgers. I appreciate Especially when you have Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. Yeah. <laughs> It's real easy to appreciate Aaron Rodgers when that's your quarterback situation and the life that I've lived as a person. But I also, I also like the dude. I think he's a stand-up dude. I think he 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 talks about things that not a lot of guys in his position would talk about, and I respect that in a lot of ways. But there's there's a certain element to Aaron Rodgers that gets on my nerves, Sparky, and it's oh? it's, it's a tact it's a tactic that is used often and has become more popular in the last four years. I'll just leave it at that. Um, LeBron James uses it sometimes. But the guy who's the best at it, he brought it into into the arena about four years ago when he really burst onto the scene. That guy will remain nameless. Dude, what are but you doing? This, what is this... that tapping sound? What What are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. That's my, that's my water bottle. I'll put that away. Thank you. Um, 
it's this tendency to feed a narrative that's in the media and then blame the media about that narrative. And the narrative is this, that there are those of us, Sparky, who want to create drama among the Green Bay Packers. And a lot of Packers fans will buy into this and say that we are to blame and we are at fault for this. That we want to create drama and we make this stuff up when stories like the one that Tyler Dunn wrote last year are written. And when we question whether or not Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are in this marriage for the long haul. And a lot of it is speculation, but it's speculation based on things that we see, based on things that people say. We don't just pull this stuff out of thin air, and then Aaron Rodgers will turn around and go, you know, people make this stuff up about us, they drum up this controversy, blah, blah, blah. But Sparky, I didn't make Pat Mac or I didn't make Aaron Rodgers go on the Pat McAfee show today and say this. It was actually yesterday. Or am I reading the quote? No, it was actually yesterday. Here, here is uh, Aaron Rodgers oh, on the Pat McAfee show. When it comes to records, I love, I love them, and milestones. Like, I do take pride in them. I think they're more things you look back on when you're done playing. Um, I don't think I'm done uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Even though some people may have thought so in the off season. I, uh, I am, there's another milestone coming up that, that's exciting. Uh, when it comes to milestones, though, like I think the trifecta that we hit in the game was pretty sweet with Big Dog getting his 400th catch mm-hmm. on a touchdown, Devontae his 500th catch on a touchdown, and uh, my 50,000 yards on a touchdown to Tunyon. Okay. Talking about when he says, I don't think I'm done by any stretch of the imagination, even though some people may have thought so in the offseason. There's two groups of people who he could be talking about. The talking heads in the media, which Pat McAfee put out a tweet later saying that's who he thinks Rodgers was talking about, or his own team and his own front office and maybe his head coach and Matt LaFleur by going love right sparky aren't those the two pe- the two groups of people that he could possibly be talking about i'll be honest says what he said right there right I'll, I'll be honest with you i uh we talked about this and we played that cut uh and we just played it and kind of moved on from it and we kind of all agreed that he was talking about the media uh and the fans more than he was uh, we none of us gary Leroy, or myself brought up the front office like i i didn't take it to mean that he was taking a front of the sh- a shot of the front office I didn't even think about it until McAfee put it out there that, oh, I don't think he was really talking about the front office. Now, either Aaron texted the dude and was like, dude, come on, man. You know I wasn't talking about them. Or McAfee just felt bad for Aaron because he was getting blasted on his show, so wanted to stick up for him. So Aaron didn't get mad at him, I guess. I I have no idea. McAfee's a great dude. Like, he's just as He's a solid dude, stand-up dude. So uh, maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Um I I don't think he was taking a shot at the front office, but you never know with Aaron. The smartest guy in the room. He could have been. Either that's not the media's fault, you know. In, in in no way, shape, or form can he can he blame the media or anybody else for having that impression. Whether he's whether he's criticizing the media for putting out 
the storyline, the narrative that he's washed up or whether it's us, he's upset at the media for putting out the narrative and the storyline that the Packers think he's washed up and that's why he went and got Jordan Love or whether or not he's upset with the Green Bay Packers for going out and drafting Jordan Love because they thought he was washed up. Like no matter how you take it, I don't think Aaron Rodgers can blame anybody but himself because, well, himself and the Packers because we didn't make him go and draft Jordan Love to, 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 for us to infer that the Packers may be doubting how long Aaron Rodgers has left in the tank, or at least how long he'll still be in a Packers uniform. And Sparky, if you just look at his production, and look, these are real good numbers, but after a 112 passer rating in 2014, Aaron Rodgers had a 92 passer rating, a 97 passer rating, a 97, and then last year, a 95. Now he's back to being superhuman this year with a 117.6 passer rating and in the MVP discussion but the dude the dude did drop off and I think it it was fair to wonder whether he would get back to that level and I think it's certainly fair to wonder whether he'll get back to that level when his own team drafts his replacement the team that sees him in practice every day and has more tape on him and, and and more material to evaluate on him than myself in the media or anybody else in the NFL. Like, obviously, the Packers had some questions about Aaron Rodgers, and that's why you go and draft Jordan well, Love last year. Like, am I, am I out of... There's a couple of... There, there's connecting a, those dots? Absolutely. But, but th- there's a couple of things here, right? So, uh, you bring a new head coach in, LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, by all accounts, maybe it wasn't uh, the smoothest of things, maybe last year necessarily, but they were working through it. It was an evolution, right? They, they were evolving the offense, trying to learn each other. LaFleur and his offensive coaching staff trying to learn the talent on the offense and so forth. Uh, and then you get to the draft, and you know Rodgers has uh, you know a few more years left, but realistically, you can get out of this deal without uh, limited damage uh coming up in a couple of years, two years, three years, you can definitely get out of it really cheap uh, if you want to. So now you figure out, okay, is there anybody we really, really love? Well, based on all reports, uh, the coach, Matt LaFleur, really, really loved him some uh, Jordan Love, and one would assume Goody liked him too, but they were going to get their guy if it came close to falling down the first round. That's who they thought it was going to be. Rodgers isn't getting any younger. So that was... It probably in their minds, if Rodgers, you know, falls off or gets hurt and he's had the collarbone broke twice, had concussions, everything else, we don't want to be left with Rodgers leaving or getting hurt and career being over and having the covered bear and having no quarterback to go to in the future. That can be one way of looking at it. The other angle on all of this is, and talked about this before, when Mark Murphy was going through the hiring process of hiring who his coach is, I firmly believe uh when he was interviewing these head coaching candidates, the question was what's your plan for after Aaron Rodgers? Like, tell me what what's the system we're going to run? Uh, what are we going to do for quarterback? Like, how is this all going to work? And I think Matt LaFleur sold him the best on what his system was and how you don't need a Hall of Fame quarterback to win with his offense. You can still score points, still be very effective, and you don't need to worry about finding another Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers in my offense, sir. And I think at that point, Mark Murphy said, sold. You're my guy. Let's go. And that's what this is all about, is how to transition from Rodgers to the next decade or so, build their own legacy, Goody, Murphy, and uh, LaFleur at this point, of showing everybody they can do it too, uh, go from one Hall of Famer, not have any losing necessarily go along with it, 
consistently stay at the top of the NFC and compete for Super Bowls without having any drop-off. I think that's what this was all about. That whole draft really was all about two or three years from now, more so than this year, even though Runyon has ended up having to play because of injuries on the offensive line. But for the most part, that was about two or three years from now. Well, yeah, and, and I don't – look, I don't know if Jordan Love was was the right choice. We'll, we'll see in the way the Packers have had luck with quarterbacks. Chances are he will be a pretty good one, despite the what we've seen in the little bit of Jordan Love action – that that we've seen out there on an NFL field. All I'm saying about Aaron Rodgers is when you say, I don't think I'm done, even though some people may have thought so in the offseason, you're either talking about your employer who drafted your replacement and fueling the fire that you say is the media's fault for lighting, or you're pointing a finger at the media for saying that you're washed up when A, your numbers haven't been as good for about the majority of the last five years, and B, your own team clearly has some questions by going out and drafting your replacement. So Aaron Rodgers really, I don't think he has a leg to stand on moving forward in terms of blaming the media for any narrative that's out there. And the thing that really irks me, Sparky, is there is a certain faction of Packers fans that just follow along with this and do think that it's the media that creates this stuff and pulls it out of thin air. But you look at Aaron Rodgers' history, and he he most of the he's a great player, Sparky. And some of the same things that make him great are also some of the same criticized for, like in that article that we saw from Ty Dunn last year, and like what may have caused some of the friction that we heard was there. When Matt LaFleur first arrived last year, they very well could have smoothed all that over there. And and it looks really good what we've seen so far this year. It just gets under my skin when he, he acts like the media is just creating things and pulling things out of thin air. Everything you're saying, what the Packers did and why they did it makes makes sense to me. I don't remember who the quote is attributed to, but if the worst time to look for a quarterback is when you need one. And the Packers... We're certainly prepared when the Brett Favre era was over, and I think they're just trying to be prepared for if and when the Aaron Rodgers era is over. You don't think that Aaron Rodgers took that as them questioning his ability or his commitment sure to did. the franchise. Sure did. You're you're silly because he, this is a dude he, he who, definitely thrives on that stuff and is yes. obsessed with that type of stuff. No any, question. Any sign of doubt in him. Yep. Very similar to the other greats, like Michael Jordan and, and those guys, exactly. Kobe Bryant. They they all look for reasons to have a chip on their shoulder and use it as motivation to fuel their fire. No question. And Aaron Rodgers will use that in one of two ways. He'll either use that the same way that Brett Favre did and try to force his way out of here and go somewhere else and show you that he can do it, or he'll use it to fuel his fire to be so good that he forces the Packers' hand of, hey, if you want to trade a guy who's playing at the M- at an MVP level to start the Jordan Love era, be my guest and see how that goes over with your fans. Or you can just keep me until I feel like I'm done playing. That's the best case scenario for Packers fans as Aaron Rodgers uses it to fuel his fire to just make it impossible for the Packers to ever trade him, right? Yeah, I guess to a certain degree. And, and Gary and I have had this conversation with Leroy on the air. Gary just pretty much says... Look, if he gets some Super Bowl, there's no way they, they can trade him and move on for him. I continue to say that he's going to be a Niner when this is all said and done. I just think that's where the trade's going to be. He'll end up in San Francisco. They'll get a boatload of stuff for him because he'll still be playing at a high level. 
they'll take those draft picks to continue to shore up and build around Jordan Love, and uh, they'll be probably the NFC Championship game within two to three years of Aaron Rodgers leaving. I don't think they can trade him as long as he's playing at this level. Unless unless he asks out. Unless we end up with an Aaron Rodgers type of situation. If he pulls a Brad, I would be shocked. Exactly. I, and and you and I have talked about this before, Sparky. I think he wants to be the anti-Brett yes. Favre. And that's why, that's why I think his tactic will be to force the Packers' hand that if they're ever going to get rid of him, it's not going to be because he has to. It's not going to be because his play dropped off. He's going to force them to make a very tough decision and possibly piss off their entire fan base. we got to hit a quick break. I uh, want Sparky's thoughts. I heard you and Tim talking some Brewers in the last hour. I have some thoughts on the Brewers and uh, the offseason, which is already underway in Major League Baseball. Schwarber. Schwarber. Sorry. We'll get to that. It's Toy Drive Live. Robbie Makloff in for the late night shift here until 2 a.m. You can help the kids go to 1250amthefan.com. Click the Toy Drive link for the 14th annual Toy Drive benefiting Children's Wisconsin presented by Annex Wealth Management. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Toy Drive Live as we broadcast for 24 straight hours and make one final push for the 14th annual Fan Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Go to 1250amthefan.com now and click on the Toy Drive link to donate money or toys from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Back to your host of this hour, Rami Makloff on The Fan. That's right. Also on the uh, radio.com app. And uh, it's the 14th annual Toy Drive benefiting Children's Wisconsin presented by Annex Wealth Management. Wish we could be with you out at Blaine's Farm and Fleet this year, but it's virtual with Blaine's this year. Simply go to 1250amthefan.com and click the Toy Drive link. Let's help the kids this holiday season. We're live and local for 24 straight hours. I'll be followed by the producers. It'll be Plucker and Evan. And Sam from uh, 2 until 5, right up until Ryan Horvat with the Bart Winkler pregame show. And then my guy Bart will be in leading up to I don't know uh, if Bill that, Michaels. I, I don't know if that helps show. you. What I, was that I don't know if you saying Bart's my guy helps you necessarily. But maybe, maybe. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, like if you say you Gary's that? my guy or Leroy's my guy or whatever, you know. Bart's your guy. Bart. You get into a little bit of uh, sketchy territory, you know. If you listen to Bart, Bart in the morning, a, he's a little out there sometimes. That's all. Did you see the lovely poem that Bart wrote? It was awesome. It was Great. really, really well done. You should read it on the air. It was really, really well done. Bart is. Read it right now. Bart As is. I lay myself to sleep. The airwaves safe. Rami will keep under pillow. My phone streams. Toy drive live in my dreams. A sweet companion through the night. Midnight Macloff holds me tight. The cause good, the host great. So click the link and please donate. So well done. So well done. The man is a genius. The man is a genius. Definitely not a genius. I'd slow down on that. But yeah, I mean, (laughs) he is very entertaining. Yes, I like Bart. He was in studio actually earlier tonight with me when we were doing the first two hours of the show. The the six to eight Bart, I like. I enjoyed that Bart. He he was, you know, it's the end of the day. Different from morning Bart? Is, Is evening Bart different from morning Bart? Oh, mellow, calm. Relaxed. <laughs> I mean, morning Bart is strung out on like five pots of coffee, just bouncing off of walls. This this Bart here was just, yeah, mellow Bart, just chilled, relaxed. Yeah, that was nice. 
I enjoyed off a it. Nap or what, what was going on? Well, was going on? he was coming off a Wendy's that got dropped off as he got here. So <laughs> he had a, like a, a chicken, the classic chicken sandwich, the new classic chicken sandwich at Wendy's. He had a side, a thing of chili. He had a frosty, I think. Yeah, so that all settled in, and he was he was pretty mellow and chilled, man. He was really good from six day tonight. Well, so was Bill well, and Gary. It was a good show. Satisfied and zen. Yeah, it was very good. Just like Ellerson, you know, Ellerson. There's another one. You know, you you listen to Gary on the Big Show. That's one Gary. You listen to Gary do Bart Show day after a Packer game at seven a.m. A total different Gary. Not the same Gary. Two different Garys. We've had people tweeting at the at the radio station. We love Morning Gary. We love us a Morning Gary. And then others prefer afternoon, Gary. So, yeah, that's really up to you. It's a nice thing about you, Rami Makhlouf. You're always the same guy. No matter if it's the middle of the night, middle of the day, early morning, late night, you're always the same guy, Rami, and I appreciate that. Yeah, always. No matter what. Yeah, I appreciate it. No matter what time of day you catch me. Same dude. No matter what shift, no matter who I'm working with, I'm just consistent. Yes. Steady Freddy. That's what they call me, Steve Sparky. But Consistently hey, trying to be funny. What I, and I enjoy the, that. Uh, Corey... <laughs> what did you think of the Corey Knable move today? Was was there much of a did that did that move the needle much down there in Milwaukee? Were people sort of over Corey Knable with the emergence of Devin Williams and of course Josh Hader being the dominant force that he is out of the bullpen? Well, look. I'm uh, not surprised they didn't tender him. I think that was kind of coming. There was an article in uh, Sporting News, I think, is where I saw it, uh, about a player for each team that they thought may be non-tendered. Corey Knable was that guy for the Brewers. Uh, he was going to make just over $5 million if they would have brought Corey Knable back. Like you said, they had a Rookie of the Year in Devin Williams, Josh Hader. Williams could be the eventual closer if they were to trade Josh Hader at some point, which I wouldn't be surprised by that either if they did. Uh, so you're pretty much set in the back of the bullpen as far as I'm concerned with those two guys. Maybe get another one, but two is really good to start with, eighth and ninth inning. Uh, and Hayter, a couple of Tommy Johns, uh, so forth. I I love Corey Knable myself. I enjoyed his time here uh, as part of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the thing that hurt the most was if you think you're going to compete at a high level in the NL, why in the God's name do you trade him to the L.A. Dodgers of all teams? Like, you couldn't find anybody else willing to take that, dude. That, that's my only thing. And we're going to have David Stearns on uh, tomorrow at 5 o'clock on the Wendy's Big Show, president of baseball operations. So we'll ask him about the Corey Knable trade and some of the guys that he non-tendered, uh, like Ben Gamble and uh, Claudio and some of those other guys. But for the most part, I'm okay with the Corey Knable trade. I think they'll be fine. Were you surprised that was all that they could get for him? I know you said that you didn't think you didn't. The Dodgers wasn't the team that you wanted to trade him to. but And and it's going to be a weird offseason, Sparky. The trade market and the free agent market is going to be weird because of what COVID has done to, to teams' finances, like across the board. But to get money and a player to be named later for a – and I know he's coming off of an injury, but this is a guy who's got a pretty extensive track record of being a successful arm out of the bullpen and part of some dominant bullpens. I thought they could have maybe gotten a little bit more than a player to be named later and some cash. But but regardless, I I don't hate the move because he was going to cost him about $5 million. And at this point, especially with what I just said about this offseason and the Brewers playing in the market that they play in, $5 million is not a lot, even for a team like the Brewers in most offseasons. But this offseason, every penny counts in terms of roster, roster assembly and and how you're going to use every dollar 
and get and get the most out of it. So getting that five million of Knable off the books, I think is is a good move by the Brewers, especially the strength of this team being pitching and and namely that bullpen at this point. Yeah, I, I don't, like I said, I, I don't mind it from the aspect of uh, getting rid of them. As far as what they got for them, I see some people on Twitter, oh, they, all they got was cash or a player to be named later. And I think it was reviewing the brew, uh, pointed out over there that, guys, I mean, sometimes player to be named later can be a big deal, right? I, Michael Brantley was the player to be named later in that CC Sabathia deal. We gave Cleveland him at the end. Matt Laporta was supposed to be the diamond in the rough, was supposed to be the crown jewel of that trade. Tim Allen pr- pronounced him a future Hall of Famer when they traded Laporta. Uh, and Laporta completely f- uh, f- uh, flamed out, and I think he retired at, what, 29 or something out of Major League Baseball because he was done? So you just don't know necessarily how the whole thing is going to play out. A player to be named later might be good. Uh, cash, yeah, it's probably disappointing if it's cash. But like you said, uh, a lot of these teams, especially the smaller market teams, are looking to cut salary and trying to get everything done on the cheap, which also means uh, that a lot of these players who deserve more money are going to have to suck it up and deal with less money for uh, on one-year deals, which... Uh, depending on if the Brewers can do it, would put them in a prime position to get a couple steals on one-year deals like they've done in the past. Yeah, and you're actually leading into what I was going to uh, talk about next hour, Sparky. Is I I do think that this, you know, there's 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 a saying in in politics which is never let a good crisis go to waste, um, and and I think that. That can be applied across the board, including when it when it comes to sports and it, when it comes to the Milwaukee's and some of the things that that will be presented for them. And you just you just alluded to some of that spark. Did you just say I got to go to a break in my ear? Is that what I heard? OK, I'm going to go to a break and then uh, I'm going to get into some of that sparky. I want to thank you. It was a pleasure and an honor, sir, to share these airwaves with you once again, especially for the 14th annual Toy Drive for Children's presented by Blaine's Farm and Fleet and Annex Wealth Management. I know it's been a long, long day for you, but it really was fun uh, getting back on the air and reconnecting. Say hi, give hugs and kisses, and uh, all my love to all the Sparky clan, my friend. I will talk to you again soon. Uh, yeah, it sounds good. I will do uh, just that. Have fun with Sam Schmitz. He'll be in here uh, for me for the next couple of hours. And, of course, uh, it is the producers coming up from 2 to 5 here on Toy Drive Live. You're listening to Toy Drive Live as we broadcast for 24 straight hours and make one final push for the 14th annual Fan Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Go to 1250amthefan.com now and click on the Toy Drive link to donate money or toys from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Back to your host of this hour, Rami Makloff on The Fan. Yeah, they called your boy back for a late night shift to bring this thing on home in the uh, final push for the 14th annual Toy Drive Benefiting Children's Wisconsin presented by Annex Wealth Management. We wish we could be with you out at Blaine's Farm and Fleet in Oak Creek for a full week as we usually are, but we're virtual with Blaine's Farm and Fleet this year. Go to 1250amthefan.com and click the Toy Drive link. Let's help the kids this holiday emphasize enough how important this toy drive is, how important you guys have been in coming through for this toy drive. Every year, you guys have outdone yourselves in terms of how much you've given to the kids at Children's Wisconsin every year to the point where we became the sole provider of toys 
for Children's Wisconsin and, and many of their subsidiaries, not just around the holiday season, but year-round we provide to what time of year it is. And unfortunately, kids have to end up there sometime. The good, the good news is they're in the best hands possible, one of the best children's hospitals in the country, and they have something to put a smile on their face, something to distract them from whatever is ailing them because of those toys that you guys have so generously provided for 14 years now. So go to 1250amthefan.com and click that toy drive link, and let's help the kids again this holiday season. We need you more now this year than we ever have before. So uh, 1250amthefan.com and click on that toy drive link. I was just talking to Sparky before the break, getting his thoughts on uh, the Brewers' offseason, which is kind of underway with some moves today. I saw they brought back Orlando Arcia and a couple of other players on some uh, short-term deals to some moves before uh, deals would go to arbitration and trading Corey Knable to the Dodgers for money and a player to be named later. And I was saying to Sparky that this this is an unusual offseason, like everything else has been unusual in the year 2020 in the sports world and otherwise. But you look around baseball and teams are going to be making some interesting business decisions. Sparky brought up Kyle Schwarber and wanting to bring him to Milwaukee after the Cubs non-tendered his contract that would have been probably settled at about $9 million in arbitration. Instead, they decide to non-tender him and he'll hit the free agent market. And you're, you're going to see teams, again, like I said, making some interesting business decisions and, and you won't see money flying around the way that it may normally fly around in a Major League Baseball season. And Sparky alluded to, to, to the, the track that I was sort of going along in terms of my thinking of what this could mean for the Brewers this offseason. And it could be a silver lining, could be a positive for the Brewers, the landscape, the financial landscape, especially of Major League Baseball this offseason, because there are going to be a lot of teams kind of in the same boat with the Brewers all of a sudden. They were never going to be big spenders. They're sort of built for this more than anybody else is. Nobody is really built for this, but they're more built for this than anybody else is. And when you know what it takes to squeeze a little bit more out of a dollar than, than maybe some other people do out of necessity, I think it, it puts you in a somewhat advantageous position. And you're going to have some guys signing contracts for money that they would not have signed in, in previous years because of the financial landscape and what even some of the bigger market teams are going to be willing to put out there this year. The Cubs are cutting salary. The Yankees are cutting salary. There's there's not a Major League Baseball team that's going into this offseason and into the winter meetings next weekend that's really looking to add big money. I would like to know what you expect to see and what you would like at the winter meetings and in this offseason. And if you think now is a good time for the Brewers to strike, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet the show at 1250 AM. The fan I'm at Rami is tweeting. That's R A M I E is tweeting because I think that it, I think that it is time to strike for the Milwaukee Brewers because all the factors are pointing to 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 this kind of working in their favor. The financial landscape of Major League Baseball this season sort of works in the Brewers' favor. Like I was saying, they know how to how to squeeze more out of a dollar than than a lot of other baseball teams do, and that's really 
the been the success of the Brewers over the last few years is going and getting guys and getting more out of them than what you necessarily thought when you looked at their contracts. Up and down the roster, they're getting more out of guys than what you would think they would get. Even your MVP, Christian Yelich, is is a bit of a bargain, and you're probably getting more out of it. He doesn't make top dollar in Major League Baseball necessarily, but you definitely, and I know you didn't see it in the 60-game season, but that, like I said, like everything else, was weird in 2020. Christian Yelich not performing at the level that that he should be performing at. By the way, as I talk Brewers, David Stearns will join the guys on the Wendy's Big Show at 5 o'clock tomorrow. But the real strength of the Brewers has been that they bring in guys on deals that that aren't expensive, and they put them in positions to succeed. They use them in platoons. They use them around the field, moving them around and getting more out of these guys than, than you thought that they could. So the Brewers are, are, are equipped for this offseason and to, to, to succeed. And then when you look around Major League Baseball and you see some of the names that could be out there at a pretty good deal, guys who are either free agents or non-tendered. We can start with the non-tender guys who were put out on the market today. And this is a guy who I think fits right in the Brewers' wheelhouse. Danny Santana, the super utility man of the Rangers, had a really good year. And they decided not to tender him today. I mentioned earlier, Kyle Schwarber, Albert Elmora Jr. of the Cubs. Those guys were not tendered today. A name familiar to Brewers fans, Travis Shaw, was not uh, tendered by the Blue Jays today. Brewers have seemed to get the most out of Travis Shaw. I think if you look at the Milwaukee Brewers this offseason, you look around Major League Baseball, you look at what COVID has done to the financial landscape of Major League Baseball and it's time for this Brewers team to strike. I would like I would like to hear David Stearns on the big show tomorrow at 5 o'clock and see how aggressive he thinks they could be this offseason. Because those are, those are, okay, those are small fish that I was just talking about right there. Those are the guys who, you know, you, you could fit into a budget. But let's think a little bit bigger. I like to think big. Let's look at some of the bigger fish that may be out there on the free agent market this offseason. And don't call me crazy for talking about this stuff, unless you want to. Sam, back in the studio, producing the next couple hours, and then he'll be hosting the uh, producers along with Evan and uh, Plucker from 2 until 5. Feel free to crack the mic open and tell me I'm crazy for talking about guys of this caliber. No, I think you got a point there, but to your... to the to your point, though, you could say the same thing about last year, too, how a 60-game season was perfect for the Milwaukee Brewers to strike and go deep into the playoffs and all that. But at the same time, their roster last year was very high risk. And now they have a lot of flexibility to either maneuver around, you know, building an entire new roster and all that, or keeping a couple guys and trying to figure out what, what to do from now. But I think you, you have a point, but... Man, it's it's so tricky. Just I don't know what to expect from this free agent market with everything that went on last year. I the thing that I think is intriguing about this free agent market is a guys know that top dollar is not going to be out there just because of the financial losses that teams suffered in a season with no fans in the stands and only a 60 game schedule. But the other thing is we ha- we're one year away from a labor agreement and I th- I think that you might see guys signing short-term deals, maybe even one-year deals 
to see what what if there's more money out there in the free agent market in a year or two from now after things kind of go back to normal hopefully you know we we get past covid and business is back to usual and money is back to usual around major league baseball and who knows what comes up in in the new labor agreement that's coming up a year from now so i even look at guys some of the big fish on the market out there again Call me crazy, 414-799-1250. Tweet the show at 1250AMTheFan. If you're going to call me crazy, though, please also donate at 1250AMTheFan to the children's uh, toy drive or cho- toy drive for children of Wisconsin. Trevor Bauer a call if I'm the Milwaukee Brewers to see if he's willing to go somewhere on a short-term deal and maybe even a cheaper deal than what you can normally get him at. I'm calling George Springer. I'm calling Marcelo Zuna. I'm calling DJ LeMahieu. And I'm trying to see if I can get these guys at a low price now. And yeah, you're going to have to talk Mark Antanasio into it. But what what better to dangle over Mark Antanasio's head than this might be your best chance to, to strike and make a deep playoff run and maybe even win a World Series than we've had in a long time because a lot of the pack has been brought back to us financially. We've, we've sort of been operating... On a, on, a tight, on a tight budget for a long, long time. And now the rest of Major League Baseball has sort of been brought down to our level. Why not, and this, why not make the CC Sabathia move now in free agency? Not have to go and make a trade for it. Go after the big fish in free agency this year because I think you might be able to get them on a deal and maybe even a deal that carries into when we get back to normalcy, when we get back to Major League Baseball teams making the money that they're used to making. And then you have a guy like a Trevor Bauer locked in for another year or two, or maybe you have him as trade bait. If you've fallen out of contention to move and start things over all over again, again, I, I said this to Sparky and I know it sounds a little bit crass. It's, but it's a, it's a saying that's been popular in politics for a long, long time. And that's that, You never let a good crisis go to waste. Crises can provide opportunity. Crises open voids in a lot of ways. And the opportunity is to fill those voids. And the Milwaukee Brewers have some voids that could be filled at a lower price than than what they could normally be filled at. And like I said, a lot of the pack to them. I think now is the time to strike. 414 799-1250. You can tweet the show at 1250 AM. The fan Sam is telling me we're having difficulties. So I'm going to tell you to donate to the toy drive and then Sam, I'm going to take a break and see if we can't figure this out. It's the 14th annual toy drive benefiting children's Wisconsin presented by Annex Wealth Management. It's virtual this year with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Simply go to 1250 amthefan.com and click the toy drive link. Let's help the kids this holiday season. They need your help more this holiday season than any other year that we've been doing the toy drive. And again, this is the 14th year we've been doing it. Go to 1250amthefan.com and click that toy drive link to help them out. It's Rami Makloff hosting the uh, Late Night Shift on Toy Drive Live on 1250amthefantheradio.com at and back right after this. You're listening to Toy Drive Live as we broadcast for 24 straight hours and make one final push for the 14th annual Fan Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Go to 1250amthefan.com now and click on the Toy Drive link to donate money or toys from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Back to your host of this hour, 
Rami Makhlouf on the fan. That's right, and on the radio.com app, 14th annual Toy Drive benefiting Children's of Wisconsin presented by Anna. Virtual this year with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Wish we could be out there in Oak Creek with you as we have been every year the last 13 years. But you know things are different this year, and because things are different, those kids at Children's need your help more than they ever have. Simply go to 1250amthefan.com, click the Toy Drive link, and let's help the kids this holiday season. I would like to see the Brewers strike. I think it's time for the Brewers to strike. I think that this weird year and this weird offseason and the financial landscape and just the way that the Brewers are used to operating has created an opportunity for them to make some moves in the division and in Major League Baseball this year. What do you expect to see? What do you hope to see in the Brewers offseason, which gets underway with the winter meetings next week? 414-799-1250. You can tweet the show at 12:50 a.m. the fan you can also uh tweet me at rami is tweeting and if you're on the third shift pass the bucket pass the hat around the office around the factory put together a donation for children's of wisconsin at 12:50 a.m. the fan.com and uh tweet a picture of you and the crew in the factory on the third shift at 12:50 a.m. the fan on twitter and at rami is tweeting let's get in uh scott in milwaukee you're on Toy Drive Live with Rami Makhlouf. What's up, Scotty? Hey, Rami. How you doing? I just uh, basically I just got off work. I'm just calling to give you a shout-out. I thought you did a fabulous job when you were the host, and it was sad to see you go. And uh, um, first, when you, I go back to when Peter Braun was at the station, so I've been listening since day one. But I thought you did. Couldn't stand you in a producer, but you were stand, but uh, <laughs> doing a great job, and I miss you and Sparky together, and I uh, hope you have a great uh Good luck in uh, Minneapolis, and how's the uh, comedy career going? It's it's go. I mean, comedy has sort of been brought to a halt, like everything else, Scott. But before before that, it was going well, man. I appreciate the call. I actually just headlined a show at the uh, Milwaukee Comedy Fest back in October. Came back to the old friends, but uh, man, he goes all the way back to the Peter Brown days. That's even before. That's even before the toy drive. That was the very first afternoon show. That was here on the fan, and I was uh, Peter's board op and producer for a couple of years before he moved on, and and we moved on. But uh, appreciate the call, Scott, and appreciate all the longtime listeners of the fan, and especially all of you who have helped out with the toy drive. 1250amthefan.com. Click the toy drive link, and let's help the kids this holiday season. Would love to know what you are hoping and expecting to see from the Brewers. Do you think it's time to strike? I say even go after some of the big fish in the free agent market. See if you can get them at a uh, more reasonable price than you normally would, even if it's at a short-term price. Call Trevor Bauer. What's the harm in trying to call Trevor Bauer or some of the other big guys? Marcelo Zuna that are out there on the free agent market this year. Or go and put together a roster like David Stern's likes to do of guys who are versatile and who you can move around and 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 play with the chess pieces uh, coming up in 2020, including the Kyle Schwarbers of the world who can play some left field. He can be your DH. He can play first base. And I know that's somebody that Sparky uh, had talked about having some interest in getting into a Brewers uniform. 414-799-1250 or tweet the show at 12.50 a.m. the fans. Speaking of Kyle Schwarber and his versatility, including his ability to be a DH, th- there's, 
and if you know me, if you if you've listened to me in any of my stops in my radio career, you'll know that I'm not the biggest fan of Rob Manfred, but he is derelict in his duties. Well, I shouldn't say that as though it's surprising or something new, but Rob Manfred is derelict in his duties again as the manager or excuse me, the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Because here we sit with the winter meetings starting next week and teams putting together their off-season plans, trying to figure out their budgets, where they have holes on their rosters, where they're all set, where they want to spend their money, where maybe they want to make a trade. And this is all a very intricate puzzle to put together, especially if you assemble rosters the way that David Stearns does and has since he's been the general manager of the Bruce. It's a complex puzzle for a lot of these teams, especially those that are more analytically focused and analytically based like David Stearns and the Bruce. And still here we sit on December 3rd, one week before the winter meetings, and general managers and organizations have no idea if the Universal DH is going to be in play in 2021. I don't, and this should be a much bigger story than it is. I don't know how exactly you go into an offseason, unless they do know, and they're just not telling us, unless this is something that's been already decided behind closed doors and they've decided not to release it to us in the media and to the public. I really don't know how you go into an offseason and start putting together a roster and, and operating an offseason not knowing exactly what a lineup looks like, if I need a DH or not. I mean, imagine trying to have like a guy like Daniel Vogelbach on your roster still and not know whether or not you're going to be able to keep him or not or use him to the way you want him to. Exactly. Like I don't, and Daniel Vogelbach is a great example. Kyle Schwarber is another guy who's a great example. This, this, this is, this is a huge deal. I mean, I thought it was, but I, I went along with it because so much was weird and crazy about the 2020 baseball season that you really, you really couldn't complain or bellyache too much about anything that they experimented with. But I thought it was crazy to just spring Universal DH on teams after they already had assembled their roster going into the 2020 season. I thought that, I thought that was a little unfair to just impose on teams that didn't expect it at all going into the year, that didn't assemble their rosters or their lineups with that in mind. Like, that, that is, that's a huge change in terms of a lineup and how you plan to compete on a day-in, day-out basis. I mean, doesn't it make sense, too, like, from a advertising standpoint in baseball, too? Like, yeah, we're done with the DH. Let's go all in on hitting and long ball and launch angle and stuff like that. I know I know you're a younger uh, lad than I, Sam, but I actually uh, I actually prefer pitchers hitting in Major League hey, Baseball. And, I'm not I, against it. it. I, I I like the strategic like the the strategy and how Craig Council you know deploys his pitchers and all that. I'm not against it, but I'm just saying like if you want to go all in, I think there's a little bit of a marketing avenue for it. No, for sure. I I, I do think that there's something to that because even though and I'm surprised you do most most of the younger people nowadays. But uh, most of the, most of the younger baseball fans that I run into, they 
they have no interest in, in, in pitchers hitting. And, and a lot of them think that that was proven correct last year, that we don't need pitchers hitting because nobody really missed it or was talking about it as the 2020 season was going on. But I was. I was talking about it, and I was missing it because I like pitchers hitting, and I like the strategy that it sort of forces onto a manager and into the game. But regardless of whether or not I like it or Sam likes it or anybody else likes it, if it is, if that's what it's going to be, then that's what it's going to be. But let's figure it out. Like, let's, 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 let's get this in place. Let's get it figured out, and let's make sure that we know so that Craig Council knows what his lineup might look like in 2021, so that David Stearns knows what kind of players he, like, you might not want Kyle Schwarber if you can't have him at least as a part-time DH. He actually became sort of an average to above average left fielder, mostly because of a very good arm out there. But you might not want Kyle Schwarber as a full-time left fielder, or maybe you don't want him as a left fielder at all. That affects his market. That affects what teams might want to go after him. I don't know how the Players Association or how Major League Baseball front offices are not making a a pretty large deal out of the fact that we don't know if Universal DH is going to be in place and the winter meetings start next week. I I don't. This seems like a big deal to me. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, are you surprised like though? I'm the only one. Are you surprised Sorry, though, Rob? Ahead, Sam. Are you surprised though with Rob Manfred in charge that you know we're at this point in the off season we still don't know if there's going to be DH? No. I mean, like I said. I shouldn't be surprised that he's derelict in his duties as the commissioner, but he he is once again. But I think this is like in the past, it it would it wouldn't surprise me because Rob Manfred had the backing of the owners and front offices. I would think that this is something that owners and front offices would be a little bit concerned about themselves. I wouldn't think that this is something that they're giving Rob Manfred a pass on. They should they should want to know as much as anyone whether or not they're going to have to sign a DH this offseason. It it seems again, maybe I'm making a big deal out of nothing and maybe it's just my hate for Rob Manfred, but I I this seems like a big deal to me in term in terms of a major league baseball offseason and winter meetings starting next week and teams trying to put together the puzzle of a 25 or I don't know is it still going to be a 26-man roster like we had in 2020? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows unless this has, as I alluded to before, already been decided behind closed doors and they just haven't put out that press release yet. I don't know, man, but it seems it seems like it's something that should be figured out before deals are starting to be made, before free agents are starting to be signed and teams are starting to make trades to address needs on their roster. I don't know. It just seems like something that I think would be handled. I am going to give Rob Manfred a pass on one thing. Ask me what that one thing is, Sam. Please, I I would like to hear because you're talking to the number one hater of Rob Manfred. (laughs) Number two, um, because I'm number one. Oh, there we go. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, they're kicking around the idea right now of putting advertisements on Major League Baseball jerseys. It's in the proposal to the MLBPA to start the 2020 seasons, which, as many have reported, is uh, is not a done deal. But Major League Baseball would begin allowing commercial ads on jerseys in 2022. It appears the uh, current situation, which includes playing the entirety 
of the 2020 season uh, at, in, in front of empty ballparks and to make up for some of that money. They now want to start putting advertisements on jerseys, which I don't have a problem with. When they talked about doing this in basketball, I think I was, and I really, I try not to be the grumpy old man as I get a little bit older, a sports fan and, and be the purist and all oh, this is going to ruin jerseys and the game. But I think I was when, when they introduced this to, to the NBA, I was vehemently against this and not, I, I said, they're ruining jerseys and I'm not going to be able to not see it when I watch basketball games. I don't know about you. I watch NBA games. I don't notice the I don't notice the ads. I don't notice the little patch on the no. jersey. It doesn't bother me not not one bit. And if if it's gonna make up for some of the money and help get some of the normalcy back in, in all of our lives, if they can recoup some of the money lost by putting some advertisements on jerseys, all right, man, go ahead. I don't care. Go for it. I'm not gonna be that dude who's going to act like it's going to ruin baseball for me. It's going to ruin jerseys for me. Even if you notice it at first, it'll be real quick before you stop noticing the little patch on the jersey that's advertising, I don't know, like a barbecue sauce or some website. Usingers maybe for the brewers. Usingers would probably, or or maybe Miller would get back in the the brewers advertising game. I don't know, maybe Bumble. I saw Bumble was the uh, patch. On the, uh, on the oh, Clippers man. jerseys. Yeah, that's the thing. I was, I'm, I'm right with you about how you felt about the NBA jerseys before they came out. I really wasn't a fan of it, but now I was like, hey, Harley Davidson would be a perfect like one for the box. I think it would look cool, and sure enough, they went with that. And I actually enjoyed like how it looked, and I think that you can do it the right way. And I'm all for it if it, like you said, it means getting the financial game back on track for baseball, and even like getting a little more exposure for baseball, just all in general, and popular, making the, the the sport a little more popular, I guess. I I did see in one of the uh, in one of the articles I was reading about this that they're also kicking around putting it on the side of the helmet. That might be going a little too far. I maybe I would get used to that too, but that seems uh, that seems intrusive. When when you start putting because that side of the helmet is like. Right in the, and I understand why you would want to put an advertisement on the center of the helmet because think about like the close up shot of a batter, and the side of the helmet is like center frame in the camera and just right there on the screen the entire time. So that seems a little intrusive to me. But if you want to put a little patch on a jersey, okay, it's it's not going to ruin baseball for me. I'm not going to be that guy again. I thought it would ruin basketball jerseys for me, and like I said. I don't even notice it anymore. Let's uh, get in Mike on the south side before we hit a quick break. Then we're going to talk with Tyler Moss from the Milwaukee Record. What's up, Mike? Good to have some guys up this late. It's good to be up this late with you, Mikey. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Uh, Good. What are you talking about? Uh, They already have a Nike emblem, don't they? Yes. they have the, the Nike is a manufacturer of the jerseys, but they're actually talking about bringing in outside. Uh, you're again, talking man? maybe a little silk exotic on the shoulder. <laughs> uh, you know, their lineup ain't bad, one through five. But they got one. There's one thing other teams want. On pitching, they want the cash. They're going to have to dangle Hater. And Hater's been blowing some uh, saves. 
you can recall. I can't recall. The got no money to get a Chris Bryant. And they're going to need someone at first. Uh, who's this guy? It's the guy's brother. He was playing some left field. Big beard. Oh, Ben Gamble. Oh, Gamble. Ben Gamble. Yeah. He's serviceable, isn't he? Yeah, he's all right. Mike, okay, thanks for yeah. the call. They did, Sam, correct me if I'm wrong. They did not tender Ben Gamble's contract today. That was uh, one of the other moves that they made. And, yeah, they are. I, th- I do like the Brewers lineup one through five. I think that they can add some some firepower to that lineup, kind of on the cheap, given what the financial landscape of Major League Baseball is this year. And you know what? I'm not totally against shopping a Josh Hader. I'm really not. All relievers, the best relievers in the world, are kind of ticking time bombs. That's just the reality of it. And if you get out on Josh Hader before the production drops off and you can get a haul in return for him, in terms of prospect and maybe even some players that can help you right now, you have a lot of arms at the major league level and in the system right now. If there's if there's one thing you have a surplus of, it's pitching. And not a lot of teams can say that. And a lot of teams are looking for that, especially a guy like a Josh Hader who can come out and end games for you anytime after the fifth inning. You can get a pretty good haul in return for that. And maybe some offensive firepower. And like I said, you have some other pitchers who can pick up the slack. We're going to talk with Tyler Moss of the Milwaukee record after a short break about what might make Giannis stay, what might make Giannis go, and just about Milwaukee, the before times of Milwaukee, when we could actually go out and do stuff, a trip down memory lane. It's the 14th annual Toy Drive Benefiting Children's Wisconsin presented by Annex Wealth Management. It's virtual this year with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Simply go to 1250amthefan.com. Click the Toy Drive link. Let's help the kids this holiday season. It's Rami Makloff. It's Toy Drive Live. We're on the fan and on the radio.com app. You're listening to Toy Drive Live as we broadcast for 24 straight hours and make one final push for the 14th annual Fan Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Go to 1250amthefan.com now and click on the Toy Drive link to donate money or toys from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Back to your host of this hour, Rami Makloff on the fan. Wright called me in for a late night shift to try and bring this thing home and try and drum up as much as we can for the 14th annual toy drive benefiting children's Wisconsin presented by Annex Wealth Management virtual this year with Blaine's Farm and Fleet can't be out there with you at Blaine's in Oak Creek for a full week as we usually are collecting your toy and cash donations so need you to go to 1250amthefan.com and link and make those donations virtually and need you to do that more this year than we ever have let's help the kids this holiday season at children's wisconsin again amthefan.com and the first thing that'll pop up will be that toy drive link just click on it and make your donation joining me now on the great midwest bank hotline from milwaukeerecord.com my friend tyler moss tyler how are you this uh this morning i guess now it is isn't it What's up, Rami? Um, I am doing pretty well. First time, long time. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Tyler. Like, seriously, the first thing I've been asking people in the, in, you know, I'm, I'm not working full time right now, but I'm doing these fill-in stints here and there. And I just ask people, how, like, we ask it just casually and sort of passively all the time. But I think in these times, it's a real question. 
how are you doing, Tyler Moss? Because these are weird times and people are stuck in their oh, homes. You want a um, you want a real answer? Uh, not well, I, I'm sure, like a lot of other people. But I feel like everyone has to um, acknowledge, like you know, uh, the not well is what it. Um, I don't know. Like I, like I'm really butchering this. A lot of other people have it a lot worse. And um, I think what you guys are doing is really awesome with the drive and everything too, because uh, there's a lot of unemployment and a lot of other issues and. And everything's really, really, really changed in a very short amount of time. So um, I think it's important to kind of just notice, like, okay, I can't really go out. I can't really see shows or attend sporting events. But, like, um, at least I have a roof over my head and, and some food um, in my fridge and, uh, like, you know, people in my life and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, long answer short, uh, or I'm sorry, short answer long. Um, I'm doing fine, I guess. <laughs> Well, good. And I want to do what you guys do at Milwaukee Record and how, how this has changed what you guys are doing there in, in just a little bit. But I got you on because I came across, and you guys, one of the many things you cover around the city of Milwaukee is, is the world of sports. And you, you do it sometimes with a tongue-in-cheek approach. You had five totally realistic Giannis stays and five entirely speculated reasons that he leaves. Tyler, you, like me, you, we don't have any inside info. What's your gut feeling before we get into some of these reasons that you laid out? Giannis stays or Giannis goes? Um, yeah, my gut feeling is he stays. Uh, that has zero evidence, as the article will suggest, and the fact that sure. Um, I'm sure most of your listeners have no idea who I am or what Milwaukee record is. Uh, I have no access. I just got added to a lot of the email lists for a lot of the teams. Um, so I get to hear which of the players uh, gets like you know sent down to the herd every other day. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think he'll stay because he's just a very um, atypical um, uh, like athlete. I guess he's just he's really like honest, and the fact that uh, the Bucks uh, they kind of um, I like I mentioned this in the article they reach uh, when they draft him. No one really knew who he was, and they allowed him to like develop and embraced him and his family. And I mean, like the personal aspect, it doesn't really go that far. Sports is a business. It's an entertainment format, but um, I think he legitimately loves it here. And this is me, a person who's never interviewed him, never <laughs> uh, like, you know, um, I've watched him a lot, but that's, uh, that's where it ends. And I've read some things, but I've also read a lot of the speculation the other way. Like, Oh, he mentioned like, uh, like insert athlete in some interview or this one team made a deal to free up some room for someone else, so maybe he will go there next year. Um, I don't know. Um, I think he stays. So you buy it when he says he likes Milwaukee because the feeling that I get from 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 most Milwaukeeans is that they either they either can't take a compliment about their city or they're irate if you don't like it. In other words, somebody goes, "No, I love Milwaukee." And, and Milwaukeeans kind of roll their eyes and they'll go, yeah, okay, but you probably would prefer to be in New York or L.A. We know what it is, man. And, but if you knock Milwaukee, then they come at you like foaming at the mouth with claws out. But you're, you're actually buying it that Giannis loves Milwaukee. You don't think this is the lip service that maybe we get from other celebrities and pro athletes? Um, I mean, once again, I'm not sure, but I would like to think that he uh... – he means it, and also I think it, 
we as a whole, I mean, this is what we do at our website, is we attempt to kind of work against the the uh, the little brother syndrome that we kind of have here, where right. we're always like, you know, looking elsewhere and being like, well, they have this there. Oh, well, theirs is better. They have more things. And, like, you know, that might be so, accurate in some or many so cases. So I'm not imagining that, been... Tyler. You, you, you as a as as an expert on Milwaukee, on the culture and the mindset of Milwaukee, doing what you do for Milwaukee Record, I'm not imagining that little brother syndrome that they can't really accept that people love their city and they certainly can't accept when people hate their city. We have, um, I think, always been waiting for the shoe to drop, the other shoe to drop, and in most or in many cases it has, um, especially in the modern day for the Bucks. And so it's just been a matter of waiting for uh, like either – uh, like, you know, management to mess up something or waiting for the athlete to realize, like, there are larger and warmer or, like, uh, like insert thing, you know, more money or, uh, like, a better nucleus or more of a, uh, um, I don't know, uh, like an opportunity to win. Um, and so, I don't know, I feel like this is now the point that we've all been waiting for and hoping for. And rather than worrying about the fact that it might not work out, I'm just, really enjoying the ride because I never expected that we would ever have an athlete like this and that we would ever be um, the, I don't know, the default, uh, the Eastern Conference favorite. I'm saying we, but I'm saying that as a member of Milwaukee, <laughs> not the guy who's who's the we guy. <laughs> I don't like the we guy. I thought you were being the we guy. And I, I'm really oh, no, not I'm a, saying, I, yeah, I Milwaukee slipped... as a whole. I slip into it sometimes, too, when I'm talking about my team. So I wouldn't blame you, but it's really one of the lamer things that a sports fan can do. When you're talking about your city like you were, yes, yeah. totally acceptable. But when you're talking about your team, the the pejorative we, I take issue with that. Now, among the five entirely speculated reasons he leaves, one thing that Milwaukee should have no little brother syndrome about is the food here, Tyler Moss. We have good food in Milwaukee, and I think right up there at at the top, at the top of the food game in the city of Milwaukee is one of my favorite spots when I lived back in Bayview is the Vanguard, but they recently phased out the Giannis specialty sausage. What should we read into this, Tyler Moss, that they got rid of the... Is is Giannis going to be insulted by this, or should we take this as a sign that they know something that we don't, and Giannis is indeed on his way out of town? Yeah, I think he's on his way out because of this, uh, because of the sausage. Uh, no, the Vanguard, I think, uh, this is a place that do have some insider knowledge on. Uh, they like to um, sort of make some moves on their menu every now and then. Um, it sort of gets everyone excited once or maybe twice a year uh, when they have some updates, and they always do like, uh, well, this one's leaving. Make sure to get it. And uh, then we have these other new things. And so they have a thing that's a little bit like it, the uh, the Huntsman. It's also made with uh, some venison, I think. And so it's it's like it, but it's not the Giannis. And um, I don't think it's really that big of a deal. I think it's just like, uh, Do you know? hey, we tried it. It probably didn't sell that well. And I'm sure venison is not that easy to come by. Um, and it might be a, uh, like a little bit higher uh, on a price point or something. So, um, yeah, I think it was just a business move. You said you you do have some inside info on the van. Do you know if Giannis ever ate the Giannis? Uh, that I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I uh, my hinted at another restaurant thing. He uh, attempted to go to Bel Air once, and 
And I'm sure you guys already discussed that on the big show a few years ago, where yes. it was uh, yes, we did. he attempted to get a seat after winning a playoff game and uh, wasn't allowed in. And that sort of started the process that was going to make Giannis leave, right? No, not really. <laughs> that that ended up being such a ridiculous story. I do remember talking about that on the big show, and I do remember yeah. I'm going to pat myself on the back here, Tyler. I do remember being one of the first people to be like, "Are we really doing this? Are we are yeah. we really making a story out of this? Because this is really not a. I mean, yes, they should have recognized it was Giannis, and you find a table for Giannis, but it was really blown way way out of proportion and i'm gonna again i'm gonna say i i I think i was one of the first people to say let's not do this when everybody started doing this when it came to reminders that uh we are a small big city like um i think there was a thing where recently kid rock had a yacht that was like parked off of the shore and everyone went nuts about that uh mindy Kaling was asking where to eat lunch one day uh, when she was in town for like a speaking engagement. And uh, yeah, we have sort of embarrassing moments where we don't recognize like, hey, we're better than this now. <laughs> we don't have to do this. We don't have to fall <laughs> yeah. all over itself because, um, like, you know, someone famous and like talented or maybe Kid Rock looked our way. Yeah, I don't mind that we diss Kid Rock, but Giannis, Giannis, we should recognize and give him the the proper type of treatment. I'm talking with Tyler Moss of MilwaukeeRecord.com here on Toy Drive Live. Rami Makhlouf with a late night shift. I'll take you till 2 a.m. and then the producers will be in with uh, Sam Plucker and uh, and Evan right up until Ryan Horvat and the Bart Winkler pregame show, leading right into our normal daily lineup here on the fan and you said before Tyler that people don't know who you are or what you do at milwaukeerecord.com I think there are plenty of people who do but if you don't that's what I'm here for and that's why I have you on the show because I'm a big fan of what you guys do at milwaukeerecord.com for those who don't know these guys they cover Milwaukee in its entirety the the music scene the city scene the food and the drink scene the local comedy scene film art sports you name it they're on it at the Milwaukee Record we talked at the beginning about, you know, what COVID has done to us in 2020 for, for an outlet, an online magazine that does what you guys do. I would imagine that this drastically changed what you guys were doing at Milwaukee record and how you were doing it, Tyler. Yeah, it really did. Um, in mid March, uh, the day that everything kind of shut down, we recognize that all of our advertisers are venues and bars and restaurants and, uh, we uh, really had to scramble. We, uh, we notified all of our advertisers and said, like, okay, well, we'll maybe let you have the month off or whatever. And then one month became nearly nine months. And um, with no real end in sight or any major change, so we, uh, we've had to hustle. And luckily, we had, I mean, six years underneath our belts. So we were able to kind of rely on the readers. Uh, for some help, we made a lot more merch than ever before, uh, and we did some uh, like unique virtual things, like a uh, Milwaukee Day event on April 14th uh, because of the area code. And um, we also did a virtual summer festival, so we attempted to kind of recreate the mood of a summer festival, but we did it in a way that you could watch it safely from home and stuff. Um, we are doing a best of the worst year event um, that will be... <laughs> Uh, later this month, and uh, yeah, so we're just attempting to kind of 
um, hold on to the advertisers we have, maybe offer some deals, and uh, and uh, just, I don't know, hope we get a lot of the Google AdSense money, too, from the people hovering on the ads for uh, any number of places. <laughs> I don't know. Can I, can I ask you, Tyler, because I, I found out when I was living in Milwaukee and, you know, was, was you're always looking for a new bar to check out or a new restaurant or a local band or a, a, I was in the comedy scene, so I kind of knew what was going on there. But sometimes how do you decide, how do you find and decide what to write about? Like, do you and the staff, I'm always fascinated by this and, and guys who sort of do what you do write on things that may not otherwise get a light shined on them in a local scene, whether we're talking about food or entertainment or otherwise, do you, do you guys, are you guys just constantly when it was, you know, a thing to go out and enjoy things, were you guys just constantly out and looking for, for new restaurants and bars and new music acts and comedy acts? How do you decide where to go and who to talk about and write about? Well, um, you mentioned staff earlier. That's really generous. Um, I am one half of our regular staff, and then we have one other part-time employee that was actually on the show one time because he listened to the big show, and he had a bunch of uh, the Wendy's raps. Um, <laughs> I think you interviewed him uh, because of that. But, um, yeah, we um, at first it was really hard because we just wanted to kind of hit everything we we're able to, and we uh, we kind of have no real map of what we can write about. We have something on our site right now where a guy, uh, he found a 1994 beef sire thing. So uh, if you want to get some, uh, I, I think I backed myself into a corner here. Uh, if you want to get some fluid from a bull uh, to inseminate, uh, yeah, like, you know, and he rated the names of a 1994 beef sire directory. But as we've been growing, uh, we've also been approached by a lot more people uh, like, hey, um, I would love to be written about. Um, I'm opening a restaurant. I'm, um, like, you know, like we have a new album out and whatever. At first, we sort of had to hustle, and now it's, it's really a matter of like, okay, what has worked in the past that we want to do? What's the new thing that we just, like, we, uh, like we made up in our minds or whatever, just like, oh, this would be really funny if we did this, or this would be weird, or this would be helpful. And then, um, I don't know, I think it's just, it's just all over the board. Like we wake up and like we're just like, what do we want to write about today? And sometimes along the way you'll learn that something's happening. Like, oh, they announced a new festival. Oh, this huge sports move happened or whatever. And you sort of write a reactionary thing to that. Tyler, you've done. You mentioned the uh, the Wendy's rap challenge. What what was that again? You guys went to every local Wendy's. Was it in the four one four area code and and got a Wendy's? Um, yeah, one what, of our. What, what exactly was it? Um, it was where one of our writers, uh, his name is Josh, he also is one of our ad salesmen, he um, had the idea to listen to the big show, and he wanted to go to every Wendy's in Milwaukee and eat one of those wraps. That's right. Um, so he, um, I think he did it, uh, or he got very close, I don't know. Uh, but we also went to every George Webbs in the state in one day, um, in the world, I should say, because they're all in Wisconsin, but, you know, Um we did that, and then every now Went and then... Went to every we George Webb in the some... state? Yeah. Um, at the time, there were more than 30 in one day. We did it on leap day because <laughs> we got a free day. We wanted to waste it in the worst way possible. <laughs> That's amazing. What What was the hardest challenge you've ever... Didn't you open and close Wolski's? Do I have you mixed up with somebody else? What was the, What's the hardest challenge that you've done in your time with the Milwaukee record? 
Uh, the George, um, I'd say the George Webb one's right up there. Um, I went to every Milwaukee Taco Bell. Um, we did a leap day thing where we, um, from the bar close until the 6 a.m. bar open, we kind of just did late night stuff. It was like the David Tell show Insomniac, except for less funny. And uh, so, uh, <laughs> what else is there? I don't know. I mean, uh, it's just a lot of stuff I have blocked out that attempted to get us some clicks early on. Um, I ate a four foot diameter pizza, or I attempted to, and uh, that didn't end well. So it's not all eating to you, stuff. Tyler. It's Mark. a lot of endurance stuff. I would, uh, like, you know, back in the before times, I would go to Summerfest each and every year, and I would review the taped music uh, that they would have on the first day. And, uh, yeah, I could go on, but I'm running out of ideas for things we've done. <laughs> You're doing God's work over there at Milwaukee Record, Tyler Motz. It's MilwaukeeRecord.com is the website. You can follow him across social media platforms. At Tyler Moss is how you can find him on Twitter, and uh, go to MilwaukeeRecord.com. Uh, it's actually Tyler James Moss. Not that it matters. I just link our site. My apologies, Tyler it's, James it's Moss. Five logical, site, reasons, so. <laughs> five logical reasons Giannis will probably stay in Milwaukee. Five irrational reasons he might not up there at MilwaukeeRecord.com. Tyler, really appreciate it, man. Really appreciate what you guys do over there at the website. And uh, the couple yeah, times you shined a spotlight on me, my man. Yeah, man. And, and yeah, uh, I'm looking thanks. forward to meeting up in the real world uh, if and when this ever ends. And I wish you this, and I hope the drive goes well. Thanks a lot, man. Really appreciate it. There's Tyler Moss joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Mitch, uh, let me see here. I do have the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Read, if applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of Bankwillity. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. We'll hit a quick break on the other side, get into some Packers talk. It's Toy Drive Live. Rami Makloff with you till 2 a.m. And we're looking for your toy do- toy or, excuse me, your cash donations for the toy drive benefiting Children's Wisconsin. That's what I was trying to say. It's the middle of the night. My mouth is not working right. Presented by Annex Wealth Management. It's virtual this year with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Go to 1250amthefan.com, click the Toy Drive link, and let's help the kids this holiday season more right after this. You're listening to Toy Drive Live as we broadcast for 24 straight hours and make one final push for the 14th annual Fan Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin. Presented by Annex Wealth Management. Go to 1250amthefan.com now and click on the Toy Drive link to donate money or toys from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Back to your host of this hour, Rami Makloff on The Fan. That's right, Rami Makloff. If uh, you're just getting off that third shift job, just getting in the car, you're like, hey, I recognize that voice. Yes, you do. I'm the longtime co-host of the Wendy's Big Show. And one of the things I said... When I left for that job in Minneapolis, which I since have been laid off from, thanks COVID, was that in any way, shape, or form, as long as the fan would allow me, I would be involved in this here toy drive. And so I was more than happy when I heard the idea of the uh, 24-hour 
live local radio thon to bring this thing home to take the late night shift here from 11 till 2 and tell you guys about the 14th annual toy drive benefiting children's wisconsin presented by annex wealth management virtual this year with blaine's farm and fleet the last 13 years we've been out there with you in oak creek at blaine's farm and fleet but this year we're going virtual and we need your help outdo yourselves once again simply go to 1250amthefan.com and click the toy drive link let's help the kids this holiday season sparky was here with me for the first hour had our little reunion and uh if you want to hear that i'm sure it's up at the radio.com app or at 1250am.com but sparky also brought up the fact that i usually cry every year out at the toy drive it's not going to happen this year it's not going to happen in this last hour unless Sam back in the studio has some surprise to spring on me that's going to uh, get the waterworks going. But literally, I mean, the, the, the generosity that we saw out there every year and, and the people who would come out and tell us how they were impacted by what we did, what you guys did more than anything every year with this toy drive would really, really literally bring tears to my eyes and the best kind of tears, the, the type of tears that, that you cry when your faith in humanity is being restored when you're reminded that there is good out there and people actually want to help each other and who better to help what better cause than kids who are in the hospital at any time but especially at this time of year and that's why we do what we do and you guys have done what you've done for the last 13 years and we need you to do it again and help out the kids at children's wisconsin again go to 1250amthefan.com and click the toy drive link let's help the kids this holiday season and uh, outdo yourselves once again, providing the kids the toys for those kids out here, not just around Christmas time, but year round. That's how big this thing has gotten, and we need it to continue to grow. 1250amthefan.com. Click on the toy drive link. I was uh, on these airwaves on Friday, filling in for the boys on the Wendy's Big Show, and uh, talking about how topsy turvy the the playoff picture but more than the playoff picture I guess you would call it the power rankings picture has been in the NFL but especially the NFC this year and how nobody has really stood out or at least nobody has been able to remain standing out in in the NFC as that team to beat as the team that that everybody sees as the favorite in the conference it's sort of gone and bounced around this year, maybe even more so than it does in most years. This is something that I warned football fans about in, in almost any year when I have a microphone to talk into, and that is don't be a prisoner of the moment when it comes to the NFL and your assessment and your analysis of your team or, or the playoff picture as a whole as the season is going on because I can almost guarantee to you every time that whoever you're talking about as the best team in the league or in a conference right now, you won't be talking about them that way in three or four weeks because every team runs into problems and and other teams will sort of hit their stride and step up and, and look like that team to beat for a stretch of weeks. And it's played out exactly like that this year. And like I said, maybe even more so than most years. We can count the NFC East out of this conversation because they have been in discussion for anything when we talk about the best team in this conference. But up and down, you look at this conference, and early in the year, it was the Packers being talked about as that as that team to beat in the NFC, coming off the 13-win season, and Aaron Rodgers doing what 
here. And then some people started talking about the Seahawks. And then we heard them talking about the Buccaneers. And then we heard them talking about the Saints and even the Cardinals a little bit. And before the Rams lost this Sunday, people were starting to put the Rams in that conversation as that team in the NFC. But as I look at this thing, and this is this is sort of something, a realization that I came to an epiphany, if you will, to borrow Gary Ellersonism. If you if you ask me, the team to beat in the NFC right now, and probably the most consistent over the course of, of this season, has been the Green Bay Packers. And I know that they probably didn't prove a whole lot to you on Sunday night beating the Bears, given the level of football that the Bears have been playing. And you probably can't put a lot of stock, especially in the defensive performance, because of the way that that Bears offense has been playing. They're just putrid, and they can't score points, and they are prone to turning the football over. So you, you, you're you probably looking at that with at least a little bit of skepticism, a little bit of doubt as far as what was real and what was fool's gold from that defense against the Bears on Sunday night. I understand that. I say the Packers are the team to beat right now and probably most consistent over the first 12 weeks of the NFL season for one reason and one reason only. And that reason is number 12. Because even in the three games that they've lost, including that one just a couple weeks ago to Indianapolis, Aaron Rodgers, for the most part, has played like an MVP. Start to finish. And you can't really say that about any other quarterback when you look around the conference. You can't. Russell Wilson looked like that for a little bit. Kyler Murray looked like that for a little bit. Drew Brees started the season off awful and then sort of started to figure it out with his now limited arm strength in these later stages of his career. Tom Brady is up and down. Aaron Rodgers is back to being that dude. And when this season started, I thought there might be some regression from that 13-3 team that the Packers were last year because... I don't think you could rely on recreating and replicating the turnover numbers that that defense was creating last year. That the Packers get anywhere near 13-3, and three, but more importantly, remain anywhere near the top of the NFC power rankings in the Super Bowl discussion is if Aaron Rodgers gets back to being that dude. Because if he does, he single-handedly puts you in that conversation. And then if you get anything near what you got from the defense in 2019, you're in business. I don't think I'm even just being prisoner of the moment after pummeling the Bears on Sunday night. Because again, that shouldn't have proved a whole lot of anything to you. That team is not playing good football right now. When I look at the 12-week resume of teams across this conference, and the Packers right now a game behind the Saints in the standings, Who's consistently been playing the best football? I got to say it's the Green Bay Packers. I do. 414-799-1250. Tweet at 1250AMTheFan. Are the Packers that team to beat right now in the NFC? 414-799-1250. 1250AMTheFan on Twitter. Again, go to 1250AMTheFan.com. Click the Toy Drive link to donate to Children's Hospital. Luke in Milwaukee. You're on Toy Drive Live with Rami Makhlouf. What's up, Luke? Ronnie, how's it going tonight? Hey, I appreciate well, all you guys are doing right now. Uh, night shift nurse and freighter. Oh, or, um, you know, 1 a.m. 
show, listen to the radio. You guys are great, but uh, I love your questions. Appreciate what you guys are doing. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate what you're doing. Absolutely, man. But your question, it, it points back to one fact, man. The Packers, they, they played when they play the good teams. How do they do? They're, they're not a hot team. When they play the good teams, the team's over 500. What's the record? It's like 0-2, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's 0-2 against teams above 500. You might teams be right against, about that. I'll double check. Yeah. Uh, teams above 500, they're 0-2 or 1-2, one one of, uh, one of the two. But either way, they're, they're a shiny sports car. When they play the, the bad teams, they look so great and stuff. You know, they, look, they have a great offense, great defense. Shiny, it looks great, but when they go against the good teams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, teams that actually have a powerful defense, powerful offense, they don't show up. And it worries me when the playoffs come because this is the same story every year. They play good against the bad teams, and when the good teams come out, it worries me. So we'll see. I appreciate the question. Have a good night, Rami. Luke, appreciate the call, man. And again, thanks thanks for what you do and what everybody is doing right now at Freighter. All all our people on the front lines, including those at Children's Wisconsin, who I'm sure have uh, been affected by by the pandemic. So thanks to everybody on the front lines, including you, Luke. And I we heard that last year. And look, you could say ultimately it was proven true what Luke is saying there that that they they kind of crumble or at least don't show up, don't bring their A game when they run into the top competition in the conference. But, I mean, that being said, I I would imagine that's the case with any of these teams that we're talking about. Sam, I don't know if you can can get this as, as quick as I'm asking for it while I talk to Ben back in the studio. But look at what Tampa Bay's record is against winning teams, or Seattle, or any, or New Orleans, or any of these other teams that we're talking about in the NFC as as the powerhouses, as teams that were in that discussion as the team to beat in the conference at one point in this season. I would imagine that their record isn't that great either because nobody really jumps out. And also, they're with winning records right now. Like, you don't even get a chance to improve on that or to build on that sample size. The entire NFC East has a losing record right now. You have one team in your division with a winning record right now. Just two teams in the NFC South with a winning record right now. NFC West is good. That's where you have the teams with a winning record. Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals all above 500. So you just don't get that many chances to prove yourself against good teams. And when you do, yeah, it's hard to win football games. And, And everybody in the league is pretty evenly matched top to bottom, especially when you get to the best of the best. Let's get in. Ben, on the east side, you're on Toy Drive Live with Rami Makhlouf. What's up, Ben? Well, it's, it's always a pleasure to be up this late with you, Rami, the deep space hours of sports talk radio. So <laughs> welcome to everyone joining us on Prison Radio. I just wanted to call and say uh, uh, the Saints, I think, are probably a little bit overinflated as far as their record's concerned. But you're talking about the best team in the NFC. I don't know who it is, but I have a tough time saying it's the Packers for two reasons. Number one, the Tampa Bay Bucks are just – they just match up great against the Packers. That defense is too fast, and LaFleur will have to show me he knows how to beat those guys. Other team that nobody's talking about, but they should be, the Rams. I know they're only like 7-4 and four or something like that, but they've only allowed 215 points the, the least in all of the NFC. I think if the Packers had to play them in the playoffs, they'd have a real tough time getting Aaron, Aaron Donald blocked. 
I agree with you. I think any team has a tough time getting Aaron Donald blocked. I appreciate the call, Ben. Um, and, and yet all those teams have their strengths, no doubt about it, and will pose their problems for the Green Bay Packers. But a lot like when I talk about the NBA and I look at playoff series and I say, Get, give me the team with the best player and the biggest superstar. Proven wrong in the, the Bucks heat series, and I was made a fool there, but... 90 times out of 100, when I call a series that way, I'm right. Unless you have two or three superstars to outweigh the one superstar on a given team, it's usually going to play out that way. When it comes to the NFL, give me the team with the quarterback who's playing at an MVP level. And yeah, I know their weaknesses on defense. I understand that. That that's, That is the Packers' Achilles heel, namely the run defense. We saw 285 yards at the hands of the 49ers yet last year, and they're get it. I understand that. But give me Aaron Rodgers over over Jared Goff. It, and 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 it really it it kind of does come down to that at the end of the day. Who ball game? Forget everything else. Not forget everything else, but Aaron Rodgers or Jared Goff. Aaron Rodgers or even Russell Wilson. Give me Aaron Rodgers. When he's on his game, like he is this year, give me Aaron Rodgers all day. Do you feel like the Packers are the team to beat in the NFC right now? 414-799-1250. You can tweet the show at 1250 AM. Mitch, the rest of you guys on hold, please hang right there. Sam tells me Buccaneers are 3-3 three and three against teams with a winning record. So again, I think you'll have a hard time. You'll be hard-pressed to find a team out there that has a winning record against the teams on their schedule who also have winning records. Because A, it's hard to win those games. And B, you don't get that many chances. There aren't that many teams with winning records, especially if you're playing in a conference where you're the only team with the winning record as the Green Bay Packers are. 414-799-1250. Tweet the show at 1250 AM The Fan. Need your donations for Children's Wisconsin. It's the 14th annual Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin presented by Annex Wealth Management. Virtual this year with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Simply go to 1250amthefan.com and click the Toy Drive link. And let's help the kids this holiday season. Hang right there. We appreciate your calls. We appreciate your donations. Toy Drive Live on the fan back right after this. You're listening to Toy Drive Live as we broadcast for 24 straight hours and make one final push for the 14th annual Fan Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Go to 1250amthefan.com now and click on the Toy Drive link to donate money or toys from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Back to your host of this hour, Rami Makloff on The Fan. Yeah, final hour with me, and then it's the producers from 2 until 5. Plucker is now in studio, along with Sam Schmitz, who's been producing this wild ride for the last two and a half hours nearly. And uh, Evan will be joining the boys. They'll take it right up until the Bart Winkler pregame show with Ryan Horvath at 5 a.m. And then it's Bart, and then it's Bill, and then it's the big show. You know the lineup, and you love it. 
and they're going to be asking for your donations as well for the 14th annual Toy Drive Benefiting Children's Wisconsin, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Virtual this year with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Wish we could be at Blaine's in Oak Creek with you right now, as we have been the last 13 years, but we can't. So what we need you to do to outdo yourselves once again, as you've done every year of this toy drive to help those kids at Children's, is go to 12.com and click the toy drive link. Let's help the kids this holiday season. That's 1250amthefan.com and click on that toy drive link. Uh, before the break, one of our callers brought up what the Packers do against winning teams, which is a 1-2 record. And I said, that's that's a fair criticism, and it's one people had for this team last year. But the truth is, teams probably struggle against winning teams because they're winning teams, and these are all closely matched teams. And also, you just don't get that many chances to build on a sample size against winning teams. Sam told me before the break, the Buccaneers are 3 and 3 against teams with the winning record Seahawks are uh, 2 and 3 Saints are 2 and 2 find me that team with a really good record against winning teams and uh you're probably making it up in the NFL because that just doesn't exist right now I say the Packers are the team to beat in the NFC as of right now does that mean they don't have weaknesses they don't have Achilles heels no nah, they do they just also have Aaron Rodgers who is playing as well as we've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play before, and that's saying something, because he's played the position at about as high a level as anybody I've ever watched play it. Let's go to Mitch in Milwaukee. He dialed 414-799-1250. Now he's on Toy Drive Live with Rami Makhlouf. What's up, Mitch? What's up, Rami? How are you doing? Doing well, man. Good. I think that the Packers are, you know, a top one to top two team in the NFC. You know, those two games that we lost, we lost to the Buccaneers, I think that Buccaneers game, the Buccaneers played as well as anyone did in the NFL that week, and the Buccaneers would have beat any team in the NFL that week. I mean, I don't think anyone was beating them. And the Vikings game was, I mean, Delvin Cook had that game, you know, a game you're not stopping Delvin Cook. So I think those two games, I'd say definitely the Buccaneers game we can put behind us, you know, no matter who the Buccaneers played, they were beaten. They were beating them. And the Vikings, I mean, it's 50-50. But I definitely think that the uh, the guy that actually called before me, too, he was talking about he's comparing Rodgers to other quarterbacks in the league. I think the only other comparison right now is Pat Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is just on another level, just like Rodgers is. Same with the only other comparison you could maybe make was Wilson. But that was in the first five weeks, and since then, Russell Wilson has definitely fallen off that, you know, that MVP ladder. You know, he's definitely jumped down a couple spots. I definitely think it's Pat Mahomes and uh, Rodgers up there right now. Uh, we do have weaknesses we need to work on, our run defense. You know, I'm nervous for the Titans game. I think Derrick Henry might run all over us, but... Other than that, man, I, I don't know. I don't see many teams in the NFC beating us this year unless we have another down game. I mean, like we did against the Buccaneers, but we just can't have a team that is going to beat anyone that week play us. You know what I mean? No, for sure. I pr- appreciate the call, man. And, yeah, you have weaknesses. Derrick Henry should scare you. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if you run into the Titans, which – if we're talking about postseason, 
and I know that they play him in the regular season, but if we're talking about the postseason, we're talking about the Super Bowl. But Derrick Henry should scare you, absolutely, because of what the Packers' run defense has been. But all these other teams that we're talking about, and by the way, Sam just added to the list, Rams are 2-2 two and two against winning teams. So I think that pretty much covers all the winning teams in the NFC right now and what they've done against other winning teams, and none of them are above 500. But every team goes into a game with with a weakness and or somebody on the other side of the ball that terrifies them. Because nobody's head and shoulders better than anybody else in the NFL right now. But here's the thing. The guy that you have on your side that other teams are scared of, like Mitch just said, there's only one of them in this league that's more dangerous than Aaron Rodgers, and that's debatable. The only guy who might be better than Aaron Rodgers right now and more dangerous is Patrick Mahomes at the most important position in the league. Another thing to, strengths. Another oh, thing so, to mention, ahead, too, Sam. I mean, if you face the Buccaneers again, more than likely they're going to be at Lambeau in the playoffs when it's cold, you know, when it's cold out. Right. And if you and face Tom the Saints. Brady Saint- is 89 years old. Old people don't handle the cold well. Right, and if you face the Saints again, I mean, they're kind of their own worst enemy. They got to debate: are they going to go with you know Taysom Hill or Drew Brees? So, I think any way you want to slice it, I do think that home field advantage matters. You you talked about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers having to come to Lambeau Field. I, I think that Saints team that that plays indoors half their season, and especially Drew Brees with the rib injuries that he's had this year and and a punctured lung because of it and his age and his inability to throw the ball deep downfield, I think playing a game against Drew Brees at Lambeau Field, and I, I don't think that's much of a decision, Sam. Once Drew Brees is healthy, I think they, they go back to him, and maybe Taysom Hill's role is a little bit bigger than, than what it was before if he can keep doing what he's been doing, taking the snaps, but I think Drew Brees gets back under center as the full-time quarterback of the Saints if and when he's healthy, and I think facing that guy in Lambeau Field rather than in New Orleans at the Superdome is a huge difference, especially at this stage in his career. I mean, kudos to Drew Brees for figuring it out, and he he didn't have it figured out early in the season. His numbers were ugly, and I speak as somebody who has Drew Brees on his fantasy football team. I can tell you for the first two, three, maybe even four weeks of the season, Drew Brees' numbers were ugly because he can't push the ball downfield anymore the way that he used to. But what he figured out is get the ball out quick, get it in the hands of some of his playmakers, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, when he's on the field, and even and and let those guys make something happen. Don't stand back there and wait for the deep play. And his numbers improved after that, largely on yards after catch. But give me Drew Brees at Lambeau Field versus a Drew Brees at the Superdome in the comfort and warmth of of his home stadium. I think that makes a huge difference. Look, I'm not saying that the Packers are head and shoulders better than anybody in the NFC right now. I don't think anybody is. That was my original point when I said on the big show on Friday and something that that I've talked about over the years, that this league parity is so much the norm in this league that whoever you're talking about as the team to beat right now, you probably won't be three or four weeks from now. And I don't think that the Packers are the exception to that rule. I think the rest of the conference is really close to them. I just happen to think that not just that they've been playing the best football of late, but when you look at the consistency 
of the 12 weeks that they've played so far. I think the Packers, largely because of quarterback play, because the position is that important, have been the best team in the NFC, and I would call them the team to beat right now. Disagree? Agree? 414-799-1250. Tweet at 1250 am the fan. Tweet me at Rami is tweeting. Whatever you do, just go to 1250amthefan.com and click the Toy Drive link and help out the kids at Children's Wisconsin in the 14th annual Toy Drive Benefiting Children's presented by Annex Wealth Management. Virtual this year with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Let's help the kids this holiday season and not just this holiday season. That's when we do this thing and that was the original intent when we started this thing was to put some toys in kids' hands who unfortunately are spending the holidays in the hospital but this thing has grown so large that we provide toys to those kids year-round. We're basically the sole provider of toys for Children's Wisconsin and a lot of their subsidiaries. And that's because of you guys and your generosity and what this thing has become in the 14 years that we've been doing it. So please, continue to do it. We wish we could be with you at Blaine's Farm and Fleet in Oak Creek, but we can't. So go to 1250amthefan.com. Come through with those kids this year like you have every year. It's more important this year than it's probably been in any other year. 1250amthefan.com. Click on the Toy Drive link. It's the fourth annual Toy Drive benefiting Children's Wisconsin. And uh, we'll be right back right after this. Toy Drive Live. Rami Makhlouf here with you. And more after this break. You're listening to Toy Drive Live as we broadcast for 24 straight hours and make one final push for the 14th annual Fan Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Go to 1250amthefan.com now and click on the Toy Drive link to donate money or toys from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Back to your host of this hour, Rami Makhlouf on The Fan. Over 20 more minutes left with 25 more minutes left with me. I hand it over to the producers. And actually, you guys, Sam, uh, I know Plucker is in studio. Might be difficult with Evan. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be in studio or on the whatever. People don't need to know the technicalities. But if you guys want to jump in on this, uh, more than welcome. I did not watch. Me and Plucker talked about it a little bit on the Wendy's Big Show on Friday. The, uh, the fight card on Sunday. On Saturday, that was headlined by uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Did did either of you guys dish out the money or otherwise find a way to uh, take partake the festivities that went on Saturday night? Yeah, Rami, as I told you, not a chance. There's no way I was watching that. <laughs> I was not spending my hard-earned money here at the fan to watch well, two nobodies fight and then two old people that were not nobodies for sure. Uh, and Tyson, and I can't even remember the other dude's name off the top of my head. Roy Jones Jr., thank you. Um, I thought it was a joke, though, that they ended in a tie because I heard that Tyson kind of did a really good job, and they just were like, oh, we're friends, it's okay, it's a tie. Yeah, everything I heard, Tyson won. That's what I heard, too. That was not a draw. And I knew you weren't going to pay for it, and neither was I, but there was apparently a number of ways, and I would never encourage somebody to do this against the law. There were a number of ways to... Uh, pirated or get it through other means. So I was wondering if you saw it that way. I didn't see it either, legally or otherwise. But I did. I did see a lot of the chat, and apparently it was a pretty pop. It was like the number one thing trending on on social media that night. So somebody somebody was watching it and on some level enjoying it. And I told you, Plucker, that what 
The fight that I kind of did want to see was not Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. per se. I thought Tyson would murder Roy Jones Jr. He apparently did not. Took it easy on him. But I thought that Nate Robinson was going to, and I believe this was my quote, knock Jake Paul's ass out. Yeah, I recall uh, you saying that. The exact opposite happened. I bought into the hype of Nate Robinson because he's apparently, this was the story, a boxer since he was a little kid and since he got out of basketball, he's been training to get in the ring and blah, blah, blah. This dude got in the ring and had no idea how to throw a punch. He'd probably still whoop my ass, but he, he had he did not know how to throw a punch, and he kind of ended up being the punchline of the evening as he got knocked out cold by YouTube star Jake Paul. But the real superstar to, to, to come out of this thing was not any of the guys in the ring. It was Snoop Dogg on the color commentary, and I'm telling you guys, I am here for Snoop Dogg on color commentary of everything if it sounds like this. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Snoop, talk about dropping it like it's Lord. Christ, baby. Oh, okay. Holy God, up. Lead me Let me stand. Wow. Nothing funny about what's happening with Nate Robinson, but Snoop Dogg is, is singing the hymns. He's trying Good to get night, Oh, oh. oh Mama Mia, the problem child proving to be a big... <laughs> I like the guy there saying nothing funny about what's happening when there's clearly something very funny happening, and that is Snoop Dogg singing church gospel hymns <laughs> in prayer to Nate Robinson, who's laying on the ground lifeless, yet somehow drags himself up. I'm telling you, and I'm not the only one, this was the most popular comment on Twitter that night, was that Snoop Dogg was the superstar and the breakout star of this thing and should be doing color commentary for everything, everywhere. I know they've been throwing money at Peyton Manning, and Tony Romo to get them to do Monday Night Football and any other national football uh, broadcast. Give me Snoop Dogg as the analyst for everything, and apparently Snoop Dogg is down for it. He posted a message to Instagram afterwards saying, and really, this is a bargain. This is a flat-out bargain. Snoop Dogg just wants a three-year, $15 million contract to do color commentary for anything. Anything. And the guy was on fire all night. He said Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. was like his two uncles fighting at the barbecue. Here's what he said in the Instagram post. He said, here's who won tonight. Snoop Dogg, hands down. That's right. He said it in the third person. Someone signed at Snoop Dogg to a multi-year contract, tagged himself in the third person. He's a natural commentator. He's Barkley on steroids. He's hilarious. Three years for $15 million? Who'll make the call? Three years for $15 million for... I'm not even kidding, man. I've been saying for a long time that just because the Dennis Miller experiment didn't work, Sam Plucker, I'm going to hate myself for asking you guys this. Are you old enough to even remember or know what I'm talking about when I say the Dennis Miller experiment? No, I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. No. 
he was a comedian who was funny back in the 80s. He was the anchor on Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live. And they thought, hey, what if we put a comedian in the Monday Night Football booth and put him in there with Dan Fouts and I forget who the play-by-play guy was. And it was just a disaster. And people were put off by, like, entertainers in the booth from that point forward. But I'm telling you, Snoop Dogg in the booth for anything works. And he can he knows sports. He can actually do stuff. This is Snoop. Sam, if you got it, on the call for a Lakers game a few years ago. I'm back. We coasting right now, though. I like what we're doing right now. Let's keep the pressure on. Keep our foot on them. LeBron always in charge. I like when he runs the point, though. When he runs the point, it seems like the offense flows a little bit more smoother. Because he's really a pass-first guy to begin right, with. Right. But you have to play him like he's a scorer. Right. So defensively, it makes it hard on the opposition. And it gives him room to preserve his energy for when he yes. wants to exactly you know, go to the basket like he likes to. Get that. Let's go. Let's go. Push that. Push that, LBJ. Run that point. PG. Get out there, Bradley. Get out there. Give it back to him. Oh, threes, please. That's usually Danny's spot right there. That's corner three. Don't, don't Danny, stop now. You know, Danny used to play out here, so he got to get him a little bit of something. He That's right. What a championship here. Yeah, he got to miss a few shots to make them feel like it's all right. JaVale. You got some rim protectors under there, too. Oh, boy. JaVale McGee. I love him and Dwight Howard and AD down there, man. Snoop, what about Dwight coming back? Because I, I know, it. I know, right? Not a lot of people were happy. That's... That's real analysis with the Snoop Dogg flavor. Am I crazy, Sam Plucker? Am I crazy? Is it ridiculous to put Snoop Dogg in the booth for a Monday Night Football game or an NBA game? It, this is entertainment. Entertain no. me. The and man entertains. He the, delivers every time. The way I see it, Snoop Dogg is like the seasoning. You know, anything you know, anything you put Snoop Dogg on is just automatically better. You've seen the videos of him commentating nature documentaries, right? Please tell me you've seen that. <laughs> That would be great. You haven't seen it? I would love. It's an actual I thing. No. Oh, if he you think if, yeah. you, if you think the sports stuff is great, you got to watch the the nature documentaries with Snoop Dogg narrating it. It is just gold. Can you find me a clip of that? Can we close? Uh, this? Can we take a break? And definitely not radio friendly. Not radio friendly. Yeah. Oh, Something oh, off okay. the air that everybody should go out there and try to enjoy. He's also uh, commented on some. Uh, LA Kings games as well. He's been on the broadcast for to, hockey. Um, not quite as well versed there, but still, it's it's <laughs> it's like Bill Walton. Like Bill Walton, his analysis is hardly existent at this point. He is just there to make you laugh at 10 p.m., 11 o'clock our time because all of his games are on the West Coast, and he's just like the least professional color commentator i have ever heard but it is just gold it's so funny is there funny. anything wrong with that there's absolutely nothing wrong no. with that I, I love bill walton i know gary gary used to always say i don't want funny with my football that was whenever i would bring up something like this gary would say i don't want funny with my football but and i and gary is very serious about football obviously it's what he did for a living and i take football pretty seriously but at the end of the day it's entertainment i need to be entertained and even more so than that, look, if they put Snoop Dogg in the booth, Gary and all the other hardcore football people who don't want funny with their football, they're not going anywhere. They're still going to watch it because it's football. You're, try- you're trying to do the same thing that you do with a Super Bowl halftime show, which is draw in the people who wouldn't necessarily be tuned into your sport at that time. Who better to do that than Snoop Dogg? Nobody. 
Nobody. The guy delivers the entertainment each and every time. Can I hear him calling the uh, Nate Robinson knockout one more time going into the break, Sam? Can you do that for me? Oh, damn it. Damn it, damn it. I got a question for you, though. Yeah. Do you think Snoop Dogg would make baseball commentating? Do you think he'd make baseball entertaining? Yes, absolutely. You were just talking about Bill Walton. Did you guys hear when uh, he was in the booth, Bill Walton, that is, with Jason Benetti for a Sox game? It's amazing. And he knows nothing about baseball. (laughs) Like, zero, absolutely nothing about baseball. But it's exactly what you guys are talking about. It's Bill Walton talking about something that he has no idea what he's talking and it is it is gold. If you can find that and play it for it is radio safe. But if you guys want a good chuckle, check out Bill Walton sitting in with Jason Benetti on a White Sox broadcast. We got to hit a quick break and then uh, we will wrap this thing up. It's Toy Drive Live on AM 1250. The fan Rami Makloff here with you since 11 o'clock. Please, please, please help the kids at Children's Wisconsin. For the 14th annual Toy Drive Benefiting Children's Wisconsin, presented by Annex Wealth Management and Blaine's Farm and Fleet, just go to 1250amthefan.com and click the Toy Drive link. Let's help make the kids' holiday season, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Toy Drive Live as we broadcast for 24 straight hours and make one final push for the 14th annual Fan Toy Drive for Children's Wisconsin, presented by Annex Wealth Management. Go to 1250amthefan.com now and click on the Toy Drive link to donate money or toys from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Back to your host of this hour, Rami Makloff on The Fan. Contact. Okay, come on. Let's rip one out of here right now. Yeah! Oh, oh my, my goodness! Gosh. Sandoval. Greatest defensive play I've seen tonight. Come on, Lucas. Here we go. Your uncle's here. The city of Chicago Riding on your broad shoulders. Come on. Figure yes! out a way. There's base We're hit. on our way. That's your guy, Print James the McCann. banner. Is that the catcher? It is. I tell you, I'm not a very good catcher. I'm much better at getting high than getting low. Eloy Jimenez oh. to right field. Come on, Calvary. man. Drop it. Drop it. Oh, man. Eloy Jimenez. Eloy. Yeah. Is that... A, a knockoff of alloy, of like putting like all aluminum, the, putting all the powers together of the rare earth minerals, and you just come up with this incredible computer-generated stud for the future. Basically, you've described that man in '74. Okay. Yeah, alloy, alloy. I have no idea what he's uh-huh. Oh, that's outside. Good eye, good patience, good discipline. Way to hold back. Don't get suckered <laughs> in on that nonsense. Did you tell that pitcher to bring it right in that here? That was his reaction go, to a batter man, taking right a now. pitch. And see who's got power. See who's got heat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could listen to that all night. I have no idea what he's talking about. That was Bill Walton in the booth with Jason Benetti on a White Sox game. And Bill Walton has no idea about anything, even the slightest clue about baseball, but that was entertaining. Call me crazy. Maybe you're, maybe you like your baseball, you know, straight down the, straight down the middle of the road. Baseball, you need your announcer telling you ex- exactly what's going on in the game. But first of all, we're in Milwaukee, and look, all due respect to Bob Euchre, he's a legend, and part of what I love about him is that sometimes he's not telling you 
what's going on in the game. He's having fun. He's telling stories. He's telling jokes. He's entertaining you because sports are ultimately entertainment, no more, no less, and they don't really mean anything at the end of the day. So give me Bill Walton in the booth for sports he knows nothing about. Give me Snoop in the booth or ringside at a boxing match or in a basketball game, even though he may not be the classically trained broadcaster and play-by-play or color analyst that we've all come used to, because it's fun and it's entertaining and I love it. And I could listen to that all night long. Was that the first time you guys heard that, Sam, uh, Evan, or uh, Plucker back in the studio? Producers taking over at 2 a.m. here? Yeah, I have never heard that before. That was gold. Like, I, I, I need amazing. more. I need more Bill Walton. I want him to comment on every single sport. I would love for to, to hey. like, watch, like, bags. You know how ESPN does that, like, ESPN the Ocho Day, and they have, like, the bags tournament? I would love to hear Bill Walton commentating on bags. That just, like, I feel like that the whole show amazing. would just be hilarious. On anything. And there, there was so many times where it was just a routine fly ball, but he doesn't know how to track a baseball, so it would go off the bat and he would scream like it's a home run and it would just like land in shallow left field or, or be caught by an outfielder routinely. It was amazing. It was so good. And at that point, actually, that wasn't from this past season. That was from the previous season before the White Sox were good. And at that point, they were playing for nothing. So especially then, let's have some fun and just be entertained. Like I just said, the producer is taking over these airwaves at the top of the hour. That is uh, Sam, who's been my producer throughout this ride tonight. Evan and uh, Plucker, who you hear on the Wendy's Big Show, producing for those Jokers weekdays, 2 to 6. What's on the agenda for tonight, boys? Y'all don't get a lot of hosting opportunities, so what are you doing with your one big shot with the microphone tonight? Yeah, we're starting off the show in just a couple minutes here. Who are the legitimate threats to the Packers in the NFC North? And we'll talk a little bit about the MVP race, who we think should be in it, who we think should not be, uh, and where Aaron Rodgers ranks and all of that. Then we'll recap the Steelers and Ravens and the weird Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon game that we saw yesterday now, which is that weird to say. such a bad football game, dude. I cannot believe they even played... The Ravens should have just forfeited that football game. I, I know I know you never want to do that, but God, did, did you guys watch the entirety of that oh, football yeah. game? Because I, I was in and out, and honestly, I've been saying with all these delays and games being pushed to Monday and then to Tuesday, I was like, you know what? I, the circumstances suck, but more football on more nights of the week. I like it. Give it to me. Put it in my veins. But if this is if this is what we're gonna get, what we saw today, that was just sloppy. The coach of the winning team, Mike Tomlin, said we weren't even a JV football team out there. That's how <laughs> bad and how sloppy we played. I mean, that was bad football, you guys. That was that was two teams that neither wanted to be out there or was ready to be out there for whatever reason. Yeah, we both had uh, very heavy fantasy implications going on in that game, so we were very tuned into oh, it from the start. Really? Yeah, but. I mean, the Steelers, they just looked terrible on offense. They couldn't get the pass game going. The drops in this game by the Pittsburgh wide receivers were just insane. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool just dropping balls left and right. And then on top of that, uh, I, I can't even think of his name. Is it McSorley, the third-string quarterback yeah, for the Ravens? McSorley. I yeah. mean, he should have maybe been the start yeah. of the entire game the way he was slinging it. So it was just a very, very weird game. And I feel bad for the Steelers with everything they've been dealt with in the schedule. Yeah, that was a I, joke, I mean, obviously. I don't know what – 
I don't know what the NFL is. The the solution to this thing was real simple. They they need to just make me the commissioner of all sports and get it over with so I can solve problems like this, guys. The the solution was real simple. Eight weeks, then a bye week. Eight weeks, then a bye week for the entire league. And there you have two weeks to make up whatever games get canceled in those aforementioned eight-week windows where you're supposed to be playing. Like, it was real simple to figure this thing out. And Roger Goodell and the NFL shockingly just dropped the ball that's gonna about do it for me on toy drive live it was my honor and my pleasure to be here for the 14th annual toy drive benefiting children's wisconsin presented by annex wealth management it's virtual this year with blaine's farm and fleet guys please 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 go to 1250 amthefan.com and click the toy drive link you have no idea how much of a difference this makes your donations each and every have outdone yourselves each and every year, and we need you more this year than we ever have. The kids at Children's Wisconsin need you this year more than they ever have. Go to 1250amthefan.com and click on the Toy Drive link. Let's help the kids this holiday season. Rami Makhlouf signing off, handing it off to the young men on the producers. The young men, did I just turn into that old guy? To those dudes, oh man, I'm really that old guy. To Evan Plucker, and Sam on the producers up until 5 o'clock with Ryan Horvath on the Bart Winkler pregame show. I'm Robbie Makhlouf saying thanks for listening. And donate, donate, donate. 1250amthefan.com. I'll talk to you next time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.